here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, with me is Damon McDonald. How's it going, Damon? Uh, after about four depression naps, very good. <laughs> um, uh, it's the 4th of July here in, in the United States, uh, Joel. You know what that means. Fireworks. Right? Well, it does. Absolutely it does. And we'll, I'm sure we'll hear some shortly as we record here at nighttime for me. Um, early morning for you. I appreciate you you rising and shining. Um, you're like a world traveler, and I feel bad making you do this nonsense while you're having a good time with the missus and enjoying dinner. I'm, I'm getting pictures of of uh, wonderful meals and and lovely dinners and just romantic settings. And uh, yeah, and I'm like, uh, hmm, I'm just sitting here <laughs> doing nothing. But you've got your independence. And that's that's something true. Celebrated. I have my independence. I sound like an old lady, you know, who shouldn't be driving, but you know, continues to drive. I have my independence. Do you? Okay, you're gonna crash into a wall, lady. I'm in a bad mood. I don't know if you know that, Joel. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're gonna have plenty I of tell. You're gonna have plenty of that kind of stuff here today on the Super Jacus. That's for sure. A lot of lot of snarky comments, as uh, the, the kids like to say. Okay, so uh, disclaimer from uh, the get-go. I am in a hotel room in Yangon in Myanmar, so if the audio quality is not up to its usual standards, that will be why. Although I did take all my equipment with me, so fingers crossed we'll be all right. Uh, you're in a bad mood, so mm. let's start off with something nice. Let's go to the mm. iTunes reviews, because we've got a few nice reviews left for us since we recorded last time. Um now, I don't know if I've read this one before, but I'm going to read it again. Uh, this is one by House of Paris, one of the best pro wrestling podcasts out there today. This is a tremendous podcast for anyone with even a passing interest in Japanese pro wrestling. Both hosts are extremely knowledgeable about the NJPW product, but far more importantly than that, they are extremely likable and a mm. genuine pleasure to listen to. The love that these hosts share for the product shines through in every episode, and it's a passion that is nothing short of contagious to even the most cynical of fans. For someone who lives in Osaka and has a vested interest in NJPW. I'm so very happy to have such a great podcast dedicated to my favorite pro wrestling promotion. Can of strong zeros for you boys. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, that's a good start, right? That's always nice to hear. Well, thank you very much uh, to that fine person who, again, took the time to hop on iTunes and give us a nice little review. We definitely appreciate that. Very nice. Contagious, huh? We're contagious. We're like... Uh... <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to say it. Uh, yeah, so you got to step up the enthusiasm. All right, I've got three more for you. Uh, this all right, one's give me, give me uh, Bring yeah. Gun, great pair of lads. I'm a recent fan. I'm loving the Super J cast and rank it among the best of the Voices of Wrestling selection. Mm. Damon sounds an absolute sweetheart with a genuine love and respect for all things wrestling. And wait a minute, what? Wait, so wait, wait, time out. What, did, what was that? 
Repeat that. Damon me, sounds like a Damon sounds an absolute sweetheart with a genuine love and respect for all things wrestling and the community surrounding it. An all-round humble and endearing fellow. <laughs> I'm, I'm English and still find Joel's accent sexy. Well, thank you very Ooh. much. He has some interesting pronunciations, but he's an informed and intelligent man. I'm sure that's Joe Lanza's little tag that he goes with. And I was shocked to discover his relative inexperience with Puro. Does not show as he adds wisdom to his heaps of charm. Cannot recommend enough for an NJPW-centric wrestling passionate podcast. Well, listen, I appreciate all of those lies and mistruths. Um, this person, would, would, if I pull back the curtain, I see a team of professionals for that, for that over-humbleness, by the way. So uh, joke's on you, fine listener. Um, and, and I will say this, though. Joel is uh, very – I saw – listen, I see some pictures of Joel, and he, uh, he's doing all right for himself. And he's got that, yeah, you know what? You're too good for this show. Why, why are you doing this show? You're too good. You need to go like uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe shake them ropes. Need some help. I understand they're no more. So uh, you think I'm watching WWE? Are you mad, fan? <laughs> I I know the reference. Isn't that the Arsenal? Are you giving me the Arsenal gimmick again? I I just want to crowbar in as many like uh, <laughs> like UK ghetto street talk words as I can. I love it. Uh, well, listen, I've got a fan I base it. out there. That's that's we do and and. And they are they hang on every word apparently. So no, that is very nice. Thank you again. Um, all right, give me one more so that we can start this show while while people want to drive their cars into a wall as we fawn over ourselves just a, a little bit longer. All right, okay. This one's by Daz Card, and we're going to be hearing a bit from him later as well. If only there was a seven star option. Great chemistry Ooh. between Damon and Joel. Good mix of banter and NJPW facts and information. If you missed an NJPW show, <coughs> a good way to keep up to date. Love how interactive the show is with the lads always answering listeners' questions. Keep up the good work, guys. Crisp chat, wrestling, and laughs. Well, that's uh, listen. I like the crisp. Did do you know that? Um, speaking of crisps, uh, our our good friend uh, London Joel, as we like to call him, who who is best. He's, Joel. Start, yeah, <laughs> he's starting to he's starting to elbow his way in on the Kevin Kelly thing. He's getting a little too close for comfort for me. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with the, with all this uh, attention he's getting from Kevin Kelly, but uh, he sent over that finally got that care package over to me, which was unbelievable. Um, bags upon bags upon pa- bags of Chris. I'm I'm a big fan of the prawn cocktail. A big fan. Uh, that might be my, that might might be my new favorite. But just getting the smoky bacon. Oh, I could see me just sitting by the fountains at Trafalgar Square. Uh, I can picture myself uh, in Hyde Park, enjoying the sun. Uh, yeah, just an outstanding uh, job by uh, our good pals. Uh, we call him London Joel and uh, 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 Canning as well. He's he's an awesome guy as well. So we, we appreciate that. My wife was thrilled with all the chocolates. So we did we did well. We did well. This is uh, well worth doing a show if I can get those type of care packages on the daily. See, I had an idea. I wanted a, a Super Jcast t-shirt design with a, a picture of like a packet of Walker's crisps, but instead of Walker's, it says Super Jcast on the front. And mm-hmm. we'll have a few things in the pipeline with t-shirt ideas. So if there's anyone out there who's got any ideas for Super Jcast t-shirt designs, just uh, shoot them our way and we'll try to make your dreams come true. Yeah, yeah, because we are we are in full steam ahead when it comes to these t-shirts, kids. They are going to be here sooner than later. Uh, we have one design. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it right now. I, I think we should surprise it for a, a grand reveal. But if you listen to this show, 
uh, and you are, and if you are a fan of this show, you uh, you might be able to guess. Uh, we'll call it a parody. We'll call it a parody uh, of something that we are that is very tr- uh, dear to both myself and to Joel's heart. So, uh, a wonderful job by uh, Brett, who uh, whose company I, I fucking forget. House of Urchins. House. There you go. Uh, so make sure, please, follow him on Twitter. Look him up if you need designs and ideas. He's always great. We go we go to the table and we're like. Here's our idea. Here's how we kind of think, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, it's like, honestly, minus like small, tiny tweaks. It's like, ah, that's, that's kind of like what we were looking for. Um, and he's great with that. So uh, those T-shirts are coming sooner than later. But, yeah, if you have ideas, please send them our way. Because And if you're an artiste yourself, by all means, we, 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 would, we would love to see uh, the creativity and the, uh, the work that maybe someone else can uh, – uh, put forth. So uh, we're always interested in taking your ideas and uh, and using them for our, our game. <laughs> so please, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, changing tack here slightly. Um, have you done your G1 Pick'ems yet? Because Voices of Wrestling uh, are running their annual G1 Pick'ems contest. I've sent mine. Have you done yours? Um, no. To, truth be told, I have not. Uh, when is do you, do you have to know the deadline for that? Uh, is it literally the day of the show, like like before the opening bell? Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Because I remember last year, I had, was the first night of G1, I had to go away for a work excursion in the middle of Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania. Um, it was dreadful, and it was the first night, and I remember getting really fucking hammered because um, they had this bar in, in the bar, a bar in the bar, a bar in the hotel. Um, and I was – they had these uh, – are you a fan of the martini at all, Joel? You know what? I'm apart from the strong zeros. I'm not a big drinker. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I am. Let me let me carry that torch for the for the team. Um, and uh, I do like a, I do like a martini because they get the job done quick. But I like a dirty martini. And then they had like this like kind of salt and pepper rim on the. Mar- I don't know. It doesn't sound great. It was great. And uh, I had about three or four of those, and I was fucked. And I remember going upstairs into the room. And like, oh, I didn't do my pickums yet, and I was drunk out of my mind. And I don't even think I, I think what happened was I got really drunk and frustrated, and I didn't wind up putting and submitting a a pickum that year, last year. But I will do that this year. This will not happen this year. Um, I just gotta set myself a little reminder and uh, make it happen. And I will do that absolutely. Yeah, so to all our listeners out there, please do get involved. Check out uh, voicesofwrestling.com and you'll find all the information you need out there to do it. Um, so good luck. Um, I think I... they do. I think they do the best job with that too. Um, it's yeah. Easy some to... other people have stolen the idea. I'm not making have they? Names. Have yep. they really? Let's who? Will Osprey? Was it Will Osprey again? I'll fucking kill him. You know what? It was, <laughs> it was the post wrestling boys. I'm oh. shocked and disappointed in them. I don't know. Okay, that's that's not good. I mean, listen. I mean, I I'm sure the idea of a G1 is not a G1 pool is. Maybe not, you know, I feel like people are going to do it regardless, and it's just a thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, it, like, if it's the same kind of tracking of the points, and I don't know. Listen, I, 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 I've I, always done the, the voices. I think they do a great job with it. You can follow along easily. They update the points almost right after the shows that are done. Um, and it's fun to see where you are with your friends and to bust each other's balls and 
Um, it's always a good time, and I definitely was disappointed last year for not doing it. So, yes, go to Voices of Wrestling. Do, do the pool. You'll have a great time. It's free. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they usually have prizes every year for the winner, right? Yeah, I believe this year it's uh, copies of uh, the excellent Chris Charlton's new book, Eggshells, which is a history of uh, the wrestling events at Tokyo Dome. Hmm. You know what's amazing is that we didn't get a copy to review ourselves. Hmm. I know. I think that's the least we deserve for all the great work that we do. I've met him a few times. You know, Chris, I've, I've met him a few times. Um, Fellow right, Englishman. Know. Yeah, that is correct. We, we've got to that watch is... each other's backs. You would think, right? Um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll reach out to Chris and be like, Chris... Well, you know what? I, I did see that he's having um, digital copies made too, but I like a hard copy. I like I like to have the actual. Are you are you can you read a book on a Kindle or on yes. your iPad? You like yeah, that? Yeah, I can. I'm, I'm a big Kindle guy. I I I like to have a book. I don't know what it is about a book. Maybe it's just because I'm 107 years old. But I just like to have a book. I like to have stone tablets, like the Flintstones. That's what I really like. I like to carry around big stone tablets for my, my reading. Um, no, I like there the is book. one book. Uh, there's a book called House of Leaves, which uh, I I love. It's one of my favourite books, and that is especially designed so that you can't read it in Kindle copy. There is no ebook format of it because uh, I, you know, it's really difficult to describe. But it's something that only works with a physical copy. So anyone who's interested, go and check out the book House of Leaves. It's it's excellent. What's it about? Give me give me a brief rundown. Give me give me like a two second uh, rundown of what this book's about. It's kind of like a story within a story within a story. And one of those stories, like the main story is about a guy who moves into a house and then this uh, mysterious doorway appears with like a, a dark hallway inside. And it doesn't really make sense with the physics of the house because it, the he measures the interior of the house. And then it turns out the interior of the house is bigger than the exterior of the house. And then each time he, he opens that door, the, the, the hallway's gotten longer and there's more pathways coming off it. And it just turns into this like sprawling labyrinth under his house. Hmm. Okay. You know, it sounds, not that it sounds like, but it reminds me of that movie that came out. Where, what is it? The silent thing where nobody talks and it's the guy, it's like Jim from The Office, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, I keep waiting for Pam to come out because I really like Pam. A quiet place, <laughs> is that right? Is that maybe that's called? it, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. All right, um, Joel, I know we have a lot to cover here this week. I know we have a We've lot We've got to talk of... about the football. Oh, yeah. Did, did, you, did know you catch that Japan-Belgium game? I did. Oh, talk about a team that just ran out of gas. They they were up by two goals. And here's the thing. I I will fully take the blame for this one. This this one is on Damon I because I kid you not. I'm watching it. I'm in my office. I'm doing work. I have my assistant um, who I'm in communication with, um, and I hit her up uh, on our messaging program. And um, I was like, hey, I'm watching this, uh, we, you know, soccer, sorry, um, this game, um, and Japan's up 2 nothing. And there, she's like, oh, is that good? I was like, yeah, they're, they're playing Belgium, and Belgium's apparently pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And the minute I hit boop, send, Boom, here's Belgium with a goal, and then two, and then wah, wah, out of gas. And it, it was unbelievable because it was just like the guy, the, I, don't, I don't know any of the players, but just blew right by everybody, and it was just like, no, 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 goal. And it was like, ah, oh, fuck, that sucked. That really sucked. I was, I was really rooting for them. Yeah, and uh, a, a valiant effort by Japan. They've got nothing to be ashamed of. They, what I, I found funny is that... Uh, in the build-up to the match, the person who runs the Belgium national football team Twitter account uh, 
ran an interview with a, one of the Belgian players, Adnan Yanazai, who was speaking of his admiration for uh, the Japanese player Shinji Kagawa. And the person who's doing this Twitter thing uh, obviously just wrote at S-H-I-N. And then the first one that popped up was Shinsuke Nakamura. So he just tagged Shinsuke Nakamura instead of Shinji Kagawa. That's funny. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and, and Nakamura and he, replied to it. Did he? I was going to say, what did Nakamura reply? Uh, he said, me either. So, you know... <laughs> Keep up the English lessons, mate. You're doing well. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's got the sarcasm down a bit, right? Um, well, that's pretty fun. Wasn't there a, um, a Shinsuke Nakamura? I'm going to say he was a baseball player. He might have been a soccer player. I don't no, know. It was a, there was a, a Shinsuke Nakamura who played for Celtic. He was an okay. excellent player. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Because I remember when, even when our Shinsuke Nakamura um, started out, like when you would do a Google search, or you know, you you know, look up some stuff on him, the soccer player would or football player would always come up. Um, so yeah, okay, all right, there you go. Um, and then of course your big win for uh, England. I know everybody's excited for that. That was a uh, listen. They didn't play to win though. I will say this: they played, and they get they get the uh, the penalty kick. Fine, okay, good, great. But then it literally they went into uh, in hockey terms they went into it like a a. Uh, a left wing lock. They went to a neutral zone trap, and they just kept dumping the ball out, and dumping the ball out, and they were really weren't pressing at all. And then, uh, you know, lo and behold, it came back to fucking bite them. And then, you know, they don't have the best history in penalties, and and you know, they they. That, I tell you what, that, that who's who's their goalkeeper? Jordan Pickford. Yeah, that guy fucking came up huge because because I was like, they're done. There's no, I mean, you know. And then he what he had two of them. He saved two of them. So. Uh, yeah, that one was one of them hit the bar, but yeah, I'll give him that one, the first one. Maybe he outsights the the person who's taking a kick. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a lot of pressure. Number one, there, that is a lot of pressure. Number two, uh, there, there, I saw a couple of them. I mean, some of these saves were fucking unbelievable. Like you're diving one way and you kick out your your toe and your foot just happened. Oh my, like, holy shit! Some of them were. Was it Spain? Was it Spain? Was the first one I saw? It was just like what the fuck. Um, and then you know even uh, England had a few. So uh, so so they who do they play next? Who do, who's England got next? Sweden. Sweden is that going to be a tough one? Uh, they're a very solid defensive side, so very tough to break down. Uh, it's going to be hard work scoring against them. But I, I think we're a better team than them. We should beat them. Okay, there's the prediction, Joel. Uh, I'm going to set the over under at. I'll set the line at. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give Sweden one goal. Do they cover? Um, yeah. England covers. <laughs> In other words, so I'm giving Sweden one goal out of, before the game even starts. They get they get a goal, right? So England has to score two goals. Has they have to win two to one? Oh, I don't know, but I think if Sweden score, then we're probably looking at another one-one because, like I said, oh. they're very very difficult to break down. Like I. I I think like a, a very low scoring game would be likely there. Mm. Does Peter Forsberg still play for him? Nah, I'm just kidding because that's hockey. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So you're saying it's going to be a one nothing, one nil, if you will. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm going to blank him. All right. I'm going to. It's I'm coming gonna go. home. It's com- You're saying it's coming home. Is that is that I an official? I have to say that. Is that an official? You tell me. Is it coming home? Is it coming home? Uh, probably not, but I want to believe. 
<laughs> Come on, give me commitment. Is it coming home? Yes or no? No. Oh, fuck. Wow. Just, what you've a... got to look at the other side of the, the bracket. You've got France, Uruguay, uh, Brazil, and Belgium. That, those are some heavy hitters there. I, I uh, look, look. getting past. All right, well, listen, you put a fucking... This, this is like a fart in church right now, Joel. Jeez, you totally... Like, everybody was on there. Everybody's getting pumped up. Everybody was psyched up. I mean, people don't even watch this nonsense. We're ready to go and get on that England bandwagon. And you, you just killed it. You just killed it. Okay, all right, no, all right, I'll backtrack. Yes, it is coming home. Yes! No, I've, I've talked myself into it. It's, uh, yes! You know, we, we, we'll beat Sweden. Then in the semifinals, we'll have either Russia or Croatia. They're both shit. We'll beat them. And then the Fuck final, them. those other four teams I mentioned are better than us. But it's a one-off match. And hey, we can do it. Why not? Yes! Now we're talking. We'll, get, we'll put on some fucking stone roses. And uh, we'll drink some cider. And we'll fucking go nuts for for England. Let's do it. Let's fucking also, do it. All right. Uh, uh, backtracking slightly. Speaking of Shinsuke Nakamura, did you catch this story about him getting bitten by a dog? I did. How, a police I, dog. Is that the craziest thing in the world? I mean, and then he, correct me if I'm wrong, but then they went on the Japan tour and uh, he he did not wrestle. It, it was that serious of a bite. Yeah, he, he couldn't wrestle. I mean, how much... How bad of a bite does that have to be? Yeah, it must have been pretty serious. I mean, he had to take a chunk out of his fucking leg, right? I mean, seriously. I mean, you think about all the shit that a pro wrestler goes through, right? And all the bumps and bruises and bangs and scratches and scrapes and twists and I'll think of some worse things. But, you, I mean, I'm thinking a dog bite. And I'm like, all right, he got nicked and he probably went in and, you know, they probably looked at it. A little, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a stitch, maybe two. I mean, for him to miss the Jap, yeah, I, that's that's a big deal for the WWE right now. That's a big that's a that's a big deal, and for him to miss those shows, he had to take a chunk out of his fucking leg. To think, this is a guy who could be wrestling in the G one now, but instead he's getting attacked by police dogs in the United <laughs> States. Like, well, talk about bad career choices. You know, no, who I'm, I, you, I, I'm, no, I'm sure he's enjoying himself. You know whose dog I heard it was, Don Callis. I heard it was Don oh. Kells' dog. Yeah, yeah. Heard it He's, here first, everyone. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard on the street. I, I you know. I don't know. Just of course. That's All right. Uh, speaking of hot topics, then, did you catch this uh, Big Japan death match that everyone's talking about with uh, yes. Masashi Takeda against Isami Koraka? I did. I did. And again, here's the thing. And I and I and I texted you this that Big Japan almost always, almost always on these bigger Cork and Hall shows. Their main events are great. Main events are great. And I, when I went, um, did you go to the Big Japan show um, last year or you know last January? No, I didn't. No. Okay, yeah, I went to that, and uh, they had a, a, a unbelievable death match. That was, and I, I trust me, I was drinking a lot, so I don't remember everything. <laughs> Plus, I, you know what? We uh, Elgin was there, so we we met up with him. And we were up on the balcony, and he was wearing this, this hoodie with the hood and everything. So we had to go all incognito. But it was kind of funny because people recognized him still. Was, how do you miss him? Yeah, um, how many other people are there who are like a, a fucking <laughs> massive square with a beard? <laughs> right, right, a fucking human fire hydrant. Right. Um, yeah, so, but that was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, I did see this match. So I don't know if I'm giving that what I'm the stars that I'm seeing a lot of people throw around. I thought the match was very good. Um 
but part of that is is the spectacle of what those matches are. I mean, you have to respect the fucking guts and the and the craziness for a person to go through a, a like a sheet of glass or you know that what the, what was the, those you know it's like the, the, to keep the birds off the ledge those spikes you know they're like little thin spikes but then they're and they're like in an X and they were on this board uh, and and they were doing shit off of that and then did you hear the the place everybody was like saying please don't know when they had uh, there was a spot where they put that board down near the, the corner, and they were going to do, like, a, a, a superplex off. And I'm just like, please, fucking God, don't do not do this. Don't do this. And you, you wouldn't put it past them to actually go ahead and do it, would you? At this point, no. Really, at this point, no. And they're doing crazy stuff off this ladder that I really felt like it was the equivalent of, like, if you stacked two rings on top of each other and then climbed to the top of the top ropes um, on the second ring, that's really about the height that this ladder was. And they're doing, you know, flying body presses and splashes and just crazy shit, you know. And again, on a on a on a ring mat that is littered with light tube glass, because you know, you know how in New Japan they do the spots where you know, you know Ishii or, or Shibata or you know, you know the tough guy spots where they're you know they're doing the forearms to the chest or the or the chops and they're just going back and forth and maybe like Shibata will sit on his cross his legs and be like, all right, fucker, let's go, give me your best shot and. Well, they're doing that with these light tubes, number one, and then they kind of prove their 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 manliness, if you will, uh, and to show their guts. They don't even hit each other with it; they hit themselves with it. Right? They just pick up a light tube and smash it over their own head, uh, like a pack of wackos. Um, I, I thought it was a good match, Joel, but I don't I don't think it was great. And and again, some of the some of the stuff is hard for me to stomach. It's hard for me to watch. I feel bad for them. I kind of do. I don't know why. I just feel like, why are you doing this to yourselves? I mean, you're an adult and you can make this, those decisions, but is it worth all this? I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's a different mentality. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm in the f- low fours. Maybe I'm probably like a four star. I saw fives being thrown around, and I'm like, I don't think that's a five star match, man. I'm sorry, I just don't. I think if I was into the product and I knew about the two wrestlers involved and the storylines and stuff, then I'd probably be up in the, you know, very close to five, but I'm with you on that. Uh, It was really entertaining match. Um, What I want to know is you see in the world cup after the matches, the Japanese fans going around the stadium, picking up all the trash. Do you think the big Japan fans were doing that and going around picking up shards of broken glass and, bits of smashed up light tube after this uh, contest you know it's funny that you would say that because uh the, at that show that i was talking about the, so it, they don't give them anything but i think there's like people in the front row that bring their own like plastic tarp right um it's like it's like for for people who might not get the reference it's like going to a fucking gallagher show um and they're just holding up the tarp and so they don't get shards of glass on them but anyway you know, everybody, you can bring food into the, the, the venue. You can bring food into Corrigan. And, again, a lot of times they give out, um, you know, uh, uh, advertisements for, you know, shows coming up or other promotions. And, you, like, the minute you walk in the door and you hand them your ticket, they're handing you shit. So there are people with bags and plus with gimmick bags. and everything. Anyway, long and the short of it is is that people were cleaning up the glass. 
<laughs> like in the front row. They were, you know, pick they weren't like scooping up all the dust, but the bigger pieces, you saw people putting them in their bags and and you, and, and in their trash that they brought to um, you know, to, to take away. They don't leave shit, you know? It, it's like um, you know, when you like in the states, like if you go and you know you have a, a beer or a hot dog or whatever. I, I, the wrapper is going right there where you sit. You're just literally going underneath your seat, and then that's the cleaning crew's fucking job, or that's the attitude. Unfortunately, um, not there, not there. You take your shit with you, um, and yeah, people were actually cleaning up the spots that 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 when I was there. So it's funny that you should say that because yeah, they definitely. Again, they don't have like a dustpan, but um, some of the bigger pieces they were picking up. So yeah, that's that is true. Oh well, good for them. Uh, big, big shout out to those people. I also want to give a chance to say thank you to all our listeners who messaged uh, over the week with their takes on the shows uh, that they watched live. Um, that's Lee Henderson at Lee Hendy nineteen eighty eight, Kieran number seven nine one at Millertime DMA at Sent on Nathan at uh, what, Ben Fox B three N Fox, uh, Sean Set Boulevard at Steel O'Neill at Ryan Nate Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, ben G at Ripper underscore Moon. At Callum P. Barnes, at Minty14, uh, Daz Carding, at Salopian Llama. So thank you to all you guys who uh, gave us your thoughts, all those matches that you saw live. Really do appreciate it. Um, we've got some questions here to help get you even more warmed up. Uh, one from Pete Donahue, uh, at comms underscore Pete. Uh, this is for Music Damon. What are your favorite albums from both Blur and Oasis? Oh, that's a real question, huh? Oh, now I'm excited. All right. Um, all right, great question. All right, great job by you. Um, all right, so uh, see, here's the thing with with the blur, um, if, especially for like American tastes, they're not a band that people can kind of sink their teeth into. So for like people who like grew up on the Beatles and the Stones and all that, there was always the Kinks, and the Kinks were kind of like the equivalent of like what Blur might be to '90s British music, right? So there's a lot of um, character stories in there um anyway long and the short of it is my favorite ones i think you gotta go with park life i think park life is tremendous i think uh, girls and boys is one of my favorite songs um this is a low is one of my favorite songs um trouble in the message center one of my favorite songs so uh i would go park I, i'll go give you top three park life modern life is rubbish which is fantastic um and then maybe when they kind of reinvented themselves and they kind of got away from the whole Britpop thing, and 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 they were kind of becoming caricatures of themselves after the Great Escape. They had like a, a self-titled album, which is really good. Um, yeah, so I would go in that order. Uh, for Oasis, I would go definitely maybe. What's the story? Definitely maybe. It's just so great and fucking. And here's the thing: no matter what you say about Oasis. You mean to tell me you can't put on What's the Story, Morning Glory, and be like, ah, that's a fucking good song. Ah, that's a fucking good song, you know? Um, so I would go there, there, and hmm. What would I go? Heathen Chemistry is good, I like. I like Heathen Chemistry a lot. Um, and I'm not counting, like, the B-sides. Um, um, and that's really the true mark of a great band, are their fucking B-sides. When the B-sides are great, you know you got yourself a fucking great band. All right, so I'm going to go in that order. Great question. Thank you. Uh, so if you're into the music, you know what? You should follow me on fucking Spotify if you're into the music. We should have just like a, a segment where I just talk music on this show, right, instead of New Japan. <laughs> um, Patreon. I, I think a, 
Yeah, yeah, that's on the Patreon. Yeah, so that's on the over uh, the uh, post show. Um, but Damon, I think I'm Damon McD uh, on Spotify. So um, there's where all my goofy playlists are and all that stuff. So, and, and my favorite new current band are the uh, DMAs. Absolutely DMAs because they sound like a very much like a Stone Roses and uh, Oasis kind of thing. All right, so there you go. There's music, Damon, for you. I need we need we need music for that. We need like a little bumper or a little fucking uh, little something so we can uh, you know cue, cue the people in that the excitement is ready to rock and roll. Andrew Rich, mm. he's your man. He is. He's I he's come up guy. with some good. He's come up with some good stuff. He's come up with some with some really uh, fun stuff, uh, as we'll see later on in the show. <laughs> uh, Pete also asked me what's my favorite band. Um, my favorite band are called Circus Survive. They're uh, an American rock band. I think they're from Philadelphia. They've been around since 2004. And just a consistency, every one of their albums I've loved. But uh, I'm not a massive music person, but they would be my pick. What's Um, the name of the band? Name it again? Circus Survive. Circus Survive. And they're from Philly? Yeah. Well, something right here, Joel. I mean, I could could walk to Philly, for Christ's sake. Um, Uh, Doyle's, Doyle's Town. Okay, so yeah, a little bit outside, a little suburban area. So yeah, I mean, it's suburban uh, Philadelphia. Okay, um, I, I'm going to look them up. I'm going to look them up and give you my critique. Okay, here's another tough question for you. At Noah's penis, who in NJPW has the most potential to become a hunky boy? And that's spelled with an I this time. Oh no! Ugh. Who has the? Uh, I, can we? When was? When are we getting the like the the the, the uh, where I can kind of talk about the young ladies a little bit? I mean, it's always the guys. Why is it always the guys? Why are there what? no female wrestlers in New Japan, Damon? Oh. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, jeez. Um, so, uh, on the topic, right, I'll, I'll touch on this later, but Hannah Kimura. Wow. She yeah. just just everything, like the look, the, the charisma, the personality, just, just ticks all my boxes. Big fan, huh? All right. Um, I don't... I, I, I'm still stuck on the first question. I said, who is the most potential? <laughs> you have the hunky. biggest potential to become a hunky boy. So does that mean that they're not good looking, but if they had like a little makeover, they, they yes. might be good looking? I, I think we're looking at the young lions here. I'm going with Kevin Kelly. <laughs> no, of course not. Because um, he's already handsome. Um, yeah, he's gorgeous. Yes. Love you, Kevin. Me too. Um, hmm. No, not a young lion. Because all the young lions are fine. They're young. They're in shape. I mean, who? You know what the fuck? Uh, I'm going to go with Taguchi. I'm going to go with Taguchi. I think if Taguchi changed up his look a little bit, because uh, again, that little mustachey thing, and uh, I think he just needs a he needs some a Yoshihashi absolutely too. But Yoshihashi looks looks like he's bored all the time. There's no potential there for you. Yeah, there really isn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to like I'm, a gargoyle. He just he just looks sad all the time. He's just got just got this sour puss all the fucking time. Um, I'm going to Gooch. I'm going to go to Gooch. What, where, where are you going, Joel? Where are you going with this? Well, I was thinking Shota Umino, but uh, he seems to be. Uh, uh, someone sent me this amazing diagram with the like the pyramids thing with uh, the bear at the top and then uh, Hunk <laughs> on the right side. And was it was it Twink on the left side? Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking Shota Umino because he's. Very attractive young man, but then I thought he might be more sort of the, the twink end of the spectrum rather than the hunk end. So, uh, outside pick, I'm going to say uh, Tetsuhiro Yagi. I think there's some potential here, there for him to become hunkish once he's sort of grown his hair out. He's come back with a gimmick. He's got some fashion tips, and so yeah. that, that's my pick, Yagi. Uh, you know who's you know who's not bad. 
I can't believe I'm talking about this. What the fuck has my life become? Um, he's probably got the older thing. Like he's probably a more older and distinguished gentleman kind of thing. Where I could I could see where uh, people might be attracted to. How about that Milano Collection AT? What do you think yeah. of Milano? Yeah, I think he's yeah. got that like yeah. old, dignified. He's always looking good. He's always looking sharp. He's never dressed down. Um, he's very, very relaxed. He's, he's got a stateliness about him. Yeah, I, th- I could see that. I could see. Uh, I could see that. He, he's, he looks like he's in control. You know what I mean? Look, like he, he's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I might go Milano. I might go Milano. All right, I'll go there. Okay, that's an interesting take. Um, another quick question for you here, uh, yeah. Greg at Gber sixty. If you could only get one streaming service, would you go with Progress or Rev Pro? Ooh, wow, that's good. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Rev Pro always seems to have those those really great New Japan mashup shows, um, that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But progress, I, I, there's something about progress that I really, really, really enjoy, and maybe it's just the delivery, um, and the and the way that it's presented. I always do have a little bit of a soft spot for for the punk rock, um, and it does have, you know, even though people are like, that's ah, not punk rock, um, it, it does have a feel to it. You know, listen, if, 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 listen, if I had to put my finger at any wrestling promotion that has that feel, it's progress. Matches are, you know, shows are almost always good. I, I don't think I've ever turned off a progress show and been like, eh, fuck that. That was shit. Um, hmm. If I could, could well, I, I, I pay for both. Uh, gun to my head. Gun to my head, I'm keeping Rev Pro. I'm gun to my head, I'm keeping Rev Pro. You know, no, I I can't even. Say, that's tough. That's maybe the toughest question of the day. Because I watch, I watch the progress every time it fucking goes up. So is I'm your answer get both of them? Then I would say, listen, get both of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what is it? Twenty bucks a month? I I tell you what though, at this point, I'm paying for so many fucking streaming services. It's getting ridiculous. Like my wife's kind of looking at me with this, you know, a little bit of a fucking eh, dude. We're spending 150 bucks a fucking month here. Um, I mean, between like the IPTVs and the all the streaming shit, and yeah, yeah, get both though. They're worth it. They really are. I mean, you, the, the back catalogs are great. I mean, no one would be nice. Can we get one fucking thing for free? Can we get one fucking thing for free? Can we get somebody give me like 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 somebody from Progress? Because I know you're fucking listening. Or somebody from Rev Pro, because I know you're listening, because you told me. Uh, Who's listening from Rev Pro? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. When I went to Rev Pro, the people there were like, "You're Damon, right?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Hey, my name's I'm I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry." Uh, but he's like, "Yeah," but I, I was like, "You listen, to this my nonsense." And it wasn't Andy Q? Was it? No. I, I, you know what? I couldn't. I'm sorry. I was drinking. <laughs> if, you're, if, you, if, if you're one of those, oh no! So Andy Q's a Rev Pro guy. Um, well, if you are uh, famous and you listen to us, uh, get in touch because it will do wonders for my ego at least. Yeah, I mean something. I mean, just give us a sign on something. And I don't want a fans. Like I don't want anybody else. Like a, like if you're paying for it, I don't want it. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I want. I want to 
come on. I know Meltzer's getting this shit for free. <laughs> Help us out. We're putting you over here. All right. Look, uh, we got to talk some New Japan because I know people are ready to jump out a window at this point because we haven't really touched on a lot of stuff for the New Japan stuff. We had to, we had to grease our wheels. I appreciate everyone taking the time. It does take me a little bit. I was a little grouchy, but I'm in a much better mood already. So uh, what, what, what do we got on the docket here today? Okay, interesting little tidbit here, which was sent my way by my good friend, um, Bushi Lives Matters, who um, it's a, a, new, a little article saying that Jericho has no dates left and that uh, management are planning to put the Intercontinental title on ice for a while, that they're happy to not have it featured um, because they feel that there are too many titles in New Japan. Uh, funny that, they didn't think about that before they rolled out the US title. And uh, also on the, the Jericho thing, uh, got a question from at a silent flute saying, um, hey, buddies, great couple last shows in your next roundup segment. Love any thoughts on what will transpire at Chris Jericho rock and wrestling. Kenny Omega's got a third from the top billing. Lots of Bullet Club people in tow. So your thoughts, please, on one, the IC title and Jericho bookings, and two, what you think might happen on this uh, Jericho rock and wrestling cruise thingy. Um, well, first, I'll agree. Yeah, these these are pretty great shows. Uh, secondly, <laughs> um I don't I, listen. I don't know where Bushi Lives Matters gets that information. I can't. I can't believe that for a minute. I, I, they're not going to just. Nah, no. Uh, I will. I will try and find the source because it it was legit. What I mean that until I hear that from Ghetto, I don't. I can't. I can't believe that. I find that hard to believe. I do. I mean, that's just. They're just going to put that on ice? They're just going to fucking... I mean, he's not defending the belt. Let's put it that way. He's not on any of these U.S. shows. He's not on these U.K. shows. So to a certain degree, whether I want to believe it or not believe it, it it's happening. Um, two... I've got it here. It was it was Meltzer. So he oh. said... Um, Chris Jericho right now has no dates left with NJPW. Meltzer stated that putting the IC Championship on Y2J was NJPW's way of putting the belt on ice as officials feel the company has too many titles and the Intercontinental temporarily being gone would be good. Not the Never title. <laughs> you know, not the Never Six-Man titles. The Intercontinental, the second... Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm I, again, I, maybe that's speculation on his part. Maybe that's, I, I, I just, again, I'm saying I can't believe it, but the proof is kind of in the pudding. If he doesn't have any dates, and it doesn't feel like he does have any dates, I mean, that's 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 exactly what's happening. So, I guess the question is, what do I feel about that? That it is happening, and you know, now that it is happening, I don't know if I particularly like that. Um, I don't. I, but I don't understand that logic. Can you help me with that logic? I don't understand that that logic. Well, I just, if it is what they're thinking, wouldn't believe the lack of foresight when they did introduce the U.S. title last year. When a lot of people were saying, uh, "Hold on a second, we've got quite a few titles here already. Do we really need another one?" For them, a year later, to say, "Oh, well, there's too many titles now. Let's put one of them on ice." Like, don't don't introduce the U.S. title if you if you're thinking that. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, we always praise uh, the company for their long term booking and their long term vision of, of uh, you know, many programs within the company. I uh, again, um, it might just happen to be 
happenstance. It might just be the way that things have fleshed itself out, but it's it, I can't again, I sit here really baffled thinking that that was a conscious decision to say we're going to put the the intercontinental title on ice and we're going to let that cool down because we have too many titles because exactly what you said if that were the case why the why do we have a US title that let's be honest here is meaningless meaningless at this point uh, uh i'm yeah that's that, that i mean you know when we have biggest disappointment of the year that might be on that list come year-end awards. The fact that, yeah, as we sit here in 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 July, that Intercontinental title might, might be very cool by the time we do those awards. I can't imagine something's not going to get worked out, though. I, re- I mean, something's got to be worked out where that title gets defended sooner than later. Yeah, I guess if you go back to the beginning of the year, that... Uh, the match between Tanahashi and Jay White was a bit of a disappointment. That was for the IC belt. Um, Tanahashi Suzuki match was great. The Suzuki Naito match for the IC title was disappointing. Uh, the Naito Jericho match was very good. But I guess if you're sort of tracking it throughout the whole year, then yeah, that's a, a bit of a story going on with the IC title. Um, yeah. Do you have any takes on the, the Jericho cruise as well? I hope it hits an iceberg. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, and the IC title goes down with the ship. It goes down with the ship, and my heart will go on. Um, I, I, I got to be honest with you. There might be, there might be nothing on this earth that I am thinking less about than the Chris Jericho cruise. Um, uh, I mean, nothing of any. Watch him, watch him lose the title on that cruise. Watch, watch him defend the title on that cruise. And get pinned on a beach with a pina colada in his hand. Um, defending it like it's the DDT uh, Hardcore Championship, was it? Um, where they got passed around by every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, wouldn't that be something if he did defend it on that cruise? Um, I, uh, Joel, for the, for the life of me, I can't imagine anything major coming out of this cruise. You're going to have, here's, here's what I really worry about. I, I'm worried about Meltzer. Uh, what was that? Uh, you know, what's the other? N- not the torch, not Keller's. Um, the new one. Um, oh, fuck. What the hell is it? Sheet. Sheet. Is it pro wrestling? Sheet. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, is that the one with Ryan Satin? That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, I'm waiting for the headline of somebody. It's it's kind of like Mad Libs. Blank found drunk on beach next to blank. <laughs> Right? It's really that's really what it's going to be. There's going you can't have a cruise full of pro wrestlers uh, and expect no, no ramifications to to come of it. Although I will say this, a lot of the people there apparently don't uh, consume alcohol and or drugs. There's a bear to prove it. Um, but uh, again, it's pro wrestling, so we'll see what happens. Um, somebody's getting either thrown overboard. Or uh, there will be a headline somewhere of uh, mischief and shenanigans that went uh, too far, as they say. Okay. Uh, interesting one here from Reddit user DNMT, who came up with an idea for a segment called What's More Likely? So, so just very quick five things here. You tell me which of these is more likely, Damon. Okay. So one, Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroki Goto winning the IWGP tag titles, or either one of them winning the IWGP heavyweight title? Tag titles. 
Okay, next, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who's five foot seven, 194 pounds, going heavyweight, or Will Ospreay, six foot one, 174 pounds, going heavyweight. Will Ospreay. Hirai Kawato challenging for the junior heavyweight title in the next two years, or Tomoyuki Oka challenging for the never openweight title in the next two years? Hmm. Both of them are. Hmm. That's a tough one. I'll go Kawato. I'll go Junior. All right. Uh, Kenny Omega going to WWE in January 19, or Brian Danielson going to NJPW in September 2018? Oh, these are good. These are good. Good job by this listener. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of, there's a, Deep Rye is a guy who's, um, he's like a guy who knows he's going to get fired from work. He just doesn't give a shit, does <laughs> right. he? It's amazing. Right, right. He's the guy with the snappy comeback in the office uh, meeting, right, every Monday. Like, eh, do whatever the fuck you want to do, it ain't going to work anyway, you know. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go, uh, we'll, we'll be doing yes chance in new Japan pro wrestling. I'll go with that route. All right. Uh, Kota Ibushi winning the heavyweight title or Sonata winning the heavyweight title. I'm going to be truthful. Neither. Um, but I mean, I, I truly don't believe either of them, but Gun to my head. I'll say Sonata. I think I think there's more, even though he's not a homegrown talent. Um, I, he is I, a hunk. Don't forget he, that. He is a hunk. Well, both of them are. Both of them are. Um, speaking of hunk, I, I have a book. You know, you know how there's these picture books. Um, usually it's with, uh, you know, um, stardom or you know wave or you know they'll do these provocative photo shoots is this the show in yo one i have one that's kota abushi oh yeah and it's all like there's pictures of him nude on a horse <laughs> um, lucky horse yeah <laughs> right ride him cowboy um yeah yeah i just i just thought of that i know i have it because i because where i do this show Right next to me is my bookshelf, and I have all my magazines all nicely arranged. And I kind of, when you said that, I kind of turned and I saw that book, and I was like, ah, I might have to leaf through that, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, it, no, I think Sonata. I'll go Sonata, but I don't think either one of them. Okay, Kenny Omega turning back into a heel and doubling down on the Bullet Club, or Kota Ibushi turning heel and joining LIJ? Kenny doubling down. Matt Riddle wrestling on an NJPW card or Penta L0M wrestling on an NJPW card uh, could be in the US. Pen, uh, Penta. Uh, again, that weed thing is, is and again, I'm not saying that's the reason, but uh, you know, so now everybody's kind of like, hum, hum, hum. Um, they wouldn't let Paul fucking McCartney in the country for, for how many years? Wouldn't let the guy in the country um, because of... of of marijuana um and i know look it is what it is and and whatever your views are it is what it is and then and it's just not going to happen and but here's the thing too i guarantee you and again i don't have a number i don't have a name i don't have shit but in this day and age i can pretty much 
guarantee that there are people on that roster that might indulge in the uh, in the marijuana, Joel. Um, I, there might be, right? Might be a po- person popping an edible here and there. There might be a person uh, with a with a pack in a bowl somewhere, right? Uh, and again, in this day and age, who fucking cares? The problem is that he got caught. <laughs> and the problem with Matt Riddle is is that not only does he get caught, but uh, well, yeah, he got caught. He got tested, right? Um, but he's you know he's loud and proud about it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's sometimes you know. Listen, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And uh, and that's the case here. Okay, uh, last one. Katsuyori Shibata returning or Finn Balor returning? Mm. I tell you what. I would love to see Shibata. I would love to hear that fucking music one more time, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't want to see it, man. Well, listen, if he gets cleared, he gets cleared. I, I am definitely on that boat. Like, if he yeah, gets medically cleared, off. yeah, if he gets medically cleared, then come back and and don't hold back. Um, but he's got to get medically cleared, and really, he's got to dot his I's and cross his T's on that. Um, I'll go, what was it, Shibata or what? Finn Balor or Prince Devitt. Yeah, he ain't coming back. Um, I'll go Shibata. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, Reddit user DNMT. I enjoyed that. So keep it coming. Yeah. Um, And next thing, before we actually get into the wrestling shows, we want to talk about a little tidbit here. According to Chris Charlton, NJPW World subscriptions have gone up 40% since December. And uh, a a little side note here, TV Asahi President Tsunami talked about uh, NJPW during a regular conference yesterday. Uh, world subscriber numbers are increasing well thanks to Dominion and Cow Palace this weekend. Asahi seek to produce more globally oriented content with NJPW at the forefront. So things are looking pretty healthy there. That is encouraging, isn't it? Um, and again, you're always going to get that bump for the dome. And I'm sure that everything that occurred, um, Jericho included, on that dome show helped tremendously. Uh, and the buzz that was generated from it. And uh, the good news is, is that if people stick around um, after work, so subscriptions are up, profitability's up, um, we have a new president, we have new directions. Uh, and I don't even think new directions. I think we have even clearer vision of what that direction is. Uh, no, I think it's all good thing. And, and again, uh, I heard somebody else use the, the phrase what is it uh, uh, a high tide raises all ships or something along those lines i might have that yes. saying off um and that's the case right we see that across the board in, in a lot of, of of japanese promotions all japan big japan uh you know even the stardoms to a large degree so um it, it's it again when when the when the when the big dogs are oh did i just say the big dogs Ugh. um when <laughs> There's the big dog. Oh my god! How much? How much does he hate his life right now? That Michael Cole, like he has to say that. Ugh, he's got to be like, oh, oh, I hate it. Um, (laughs) that's pretty. You're like it's it's music, Joel. This this week, it really is. It's music, Joel. Um, I I get from the Laps fan. They do really good uh, impressions of the entrance music. 
Is that right? Okay. So, well, you're doing a hell of a job there. And also, again, the feedback that I get from from your uh, your voiceovers for these, uh, again, the, what the VTRs we call them. Um, oh, unbelievable. Um, okay. What was where am I, where am I, what am I talking about? <laughs> I think you're talking about uh, NJPW World subscriptions. Oh, oh subscriptions! Thank you, thank you very much, Joe, for 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 keeping us on course. Uh, again, all, all good things, um, and uh, you know, big, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, again, there are some blemishes, right, when it comes to some of the U.S. stuff that's going on right now. Um, and again, it's 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 a learning process. It doesn't fe- it doesn't feel like you need a you know a PhD to figure this shit out though, um, and why some of these things maybe not uh, as successful as we would hoped. But uh, yeah, I think uh, only good things will come of this. So good good job by everybody there. Okay, uh, let's get stuck in some of the wrestling then that happened over the weekend. We uh, had some scheduling issues, which is why the show's out a bit late. But uh, let's jump right in with uh, Ring of Honor Best in the World. Uh, that was on June 29th at Baltimore. Uh, Damon, you didn't watch this, but I do have some notes here. We did have a, our listener, uh, Ryan, who who went to the show with his girlfriend and his friend. So some feedback from him. So let's just touch briefly on the matches that had some New Japan involvement there. So we had The Kingdom, Matt Taven, TKO, Ryan and Vinnie Marsavia uh, defeated uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón, Bushi, Evil and Sonata in a six-man tag team match for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Um, there's just an interesting note here from uh, Voices of Wrestling writer Sean Seedor who said that Evil was on ROH's first live pay-per-view in June 2014 back when he was still on excursion as Takaki Watanabe so uh, nice uh, bit of symmetry there um, Paul Bushi obviously takes the pin again uh, wasn't LRJ's best effort it, it was perfectly fine for an opener though um, Ryan added that the crowd was mixed for the two groups there was a really nasty feedback audio cue on Evil's entrance so the crowd died for LIJ a bit and there was a child involved in the kingdom's entrance and they were really close to the fireworks uh, that I think they got hit a little bit which is wow. uh, not, not good uh, Sonada was pretty hunky as well and here is a good time for our Bushi Lives Matter facts of the week um, at Ingobernables 20. Uh, one, Sonada and Bushi both made their debuts 24 hours apart from each other. Uh, Bushi on the 12th of March 2007 and Sonada on the 13th of March 2007. Number two, Sonada and Hiromu are the only combo in LIJ who have never teamed up in a regular tag match since they both joined. And number three, Sonada and Evil's birthdays are two days apart. Sonada's is on January 28th and Evil's is on January 26th. Um, and he also sent me, uh, while I'm on the topic, he sent me an old photo of Taichi and Milano Collection AT looking quite intimate, which can only lead me, Damon, to one conclusion. And now it's time once again for Joel's states that wrestlers are in a relationship, as if it was a verifiably proven fact, when it's more so just his idealized fantasy, based on hearsay. Right, so there you go. Taichi and Milano. Who, who would have guessed it? Wow, uh, I mean, oh. listen, the, the speculation's running rampant with, with you. And, and now we have uh, a nice little musical interlude. to, to uh, The production values have gone up tenfold already. Uh, look at you, Joel. Your, 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 uh, your speculation has become a hit with the fans, and now we have music. So here we are. Yeah, thank you very much again to the creative genius Andrew Rich for do that. Please give him a follow on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich uh, and check out his podcast, Music of the Mac, because it's uh, really excellent stuff. 
Uh, also got a, a, a little tidbit here from Bushi Lies Matters. Uh, he's, he's given me intel that apparently when Okada gets guys in the tombstone pile drive position, he loves it when they fart in his face. Now, <laughs> I, I can't reveal the original source of that, but it is a fact. So you can have that for free. Wow, I don't know if we'll have a sounder for that. Be like Joel's flatulent uh, rumors, uh, brought to you by Verizon, uh, brought to you by Gaijin Collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they'd love to sponsor that bit. Join um, the queue, <laughs> right? You know, uh, I don't know if that can be confirmed or not. I don't know if, if that is an actual fact that Okada enjoys flatulence in his face. But uh, well, maybe we can get that uh, confirmed. Maybe we can get a second source on that. Maybe. Uh, uh, someone can write in for that. So, excellent job. Good, good investigative reporting there. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Thank, thanks to Bushi Lives Matters for that. Uh, we also got Flip Gordon defeated Bully Ray by disqualification. Um, the next match was interesting to me. Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose, Mayu Iwatani, and Tenille Dashwood defeated Kelly Klein and Oedo Tai. That's the team of Hazuki Kogetsu and Hana Kimura in an eight woman tag team match. Uh, everything with the start of women was great, uh, particularly Mayu Iwatani against Hana Kimura, the, the closing stretch there. Mayu's Awesome bridging German suplex for the finish there. As soon as I saw Oedo Tai, I in wrestling set fell in love. I'm like, wow, I love this. I just you, you know when you see like a really cool gimmick or a really cool faction and you think, oh, these guys have it, and, and I want to yeah. see more. So yeah. I, I, I'm almost uh, considering getting into Stardom now. Um, and you should. I love this Oedo Tai thing because there's not enough dancing in wrestling these days, Damon. <laughs> Well, um, every again, every time we go over, not to, to uh, humble brag, but um, every time we go over, um, we always go to the, to the Stardom show. So there's usually a DDT show at night at Corkin. We always go to the Stardom show at uh, First Ring. And that's where uh, our good friend Fumiaki usually goes nuts <laughs> for pictures. Uh, and we stand outside and we freeze. It's always the coldest day of the fucking year for this show. Um, and, you know, it's a little bit tough now because Chris Wolf was usually the person who hooked us up with tickets. And she all we were always in the front row, always in the front row. Um, and she hooked us up again this year, this you know, past show, but she's not there anymore. So uh, I don't know what, what, what they're going to do because I'm not going this year. I, 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 don't, I don't even like those words coming out of my mouth. But um, sure. um, so, yeah, I always have fun there, man. I always think they're fun shows, and I always think they're they're really good and and hardworking and and again their big shows are you know the, the, again main events are always top notch. Um, yeah, it's something to get into. I think they, I mean they have their own s- streaming service. I, think, I don't even think it's nine bucks. To be honest with you, um, it's I think it's worth it. Go ahead, get into it. Get, get j- jump in. Yeah, I'll, I'll dip my toes in the water. Um, all right, next match, we've got Austin Aries defeating Kenny King. Uh, this is a pretty good match. Uh, Ryan's girlfriend, Jesse, realized the greatness of a live crowd with the uh, You Kill Kenny, You Bastard charm. Uh, we had Jay Lethal defeat Kushida, which uh, I thought was a great match. Some really good psychology. They were working each other's body parts there. Um, and I think it's a really nice storyline they've done with uh, Jay Lethal avenging all his defeats. And uh, spoiler alert, it went on to actually win the ROH world title the next day. Uh, Ryan mentioned that too in his comments. Uh, Liam Frank at uh, Liam Anthony Frank uh, has asked the, the Kushida to heavyweight meme has been running strong for some time now, but it doesn't look like NJPW are following through. Would he perhaps benefit from going to ROH where he's very over for an elongated period, especially as it's G1 season and they're likely to have very little for him anyway over the next few months. I thought Morishima's extended run in ROH was better than a lot of people. And I think Kushi could really benefit. So he thoughts on, Kushida 
I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, it's it is pretty funny when he go, comes over and and does work ROH. He works probably more heavyweights than he does ju- the junior e guys. Um, I I we've been listen we've been up that flagpole fucking for almost two years now with him. What else? There's nothing more that he can do. It's it, again. It's, it, we we said this about the young bucks. There's nothing more that they could have done in the junior tag division. Now, what, what are you going to do? Give him the belts again? What I mean, what are you going to do? Give him the junior title again? It, 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 it's run its course. He absolutely can and should take that next step. Um, he, you know, a, a, a never title shot or run or program. That, that's that'd be great. Now, here's the thing. While on the one hand, I think having Kushida there would be a spark of energy and a spark of life in a promotion that, to me, desperately needs it. Like I really feel like Ring of Honor needs a spark and needs a spark quickly and and badly. And I think he could do that. Imagine a Jay Lethal Kushida uh, program. Um, now, with that being said, I don't know if I really want Kushida to, to 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 be there right now because of all the things I just said. Could he help it? I think he could. Would I want him there? I don't know. And plus, they got to fill the undercard of the G ones. He's going to be working six man tags for for now until the end of August. So, uh, oh, to answer the question, um, I for the benefit of everyone, I'll say I'll say sure. Let's do it. I don't think it'll happen though. Okay, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, Punishment Martinez uh, defeated Adam Page in a Baltimore street fight for the ROH World Television Championship. Uh, Page took some really, really nasty bumps for our entertainment here. Uh, particularly, this is a time where a lot of guys are trying to take it easy prior to the G1. Uh, particularly, there was a choke slam on the barricade, which was really nasty. And Ryan said, very happy Brett Favre got the call and was able to supply some Wrangler G's for Martinez during this match. Uh, next match, we had the Briscoes, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe, uh, defeating the Young Bucks, uh, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, a tag team match for the ROH World Tag Team Championship. This was excellent, a really, really top quality match. The Bucks are just incredible. They're having an amazing year. Um, Ryan uh, added that the Bucks got a huge reaction, of course, but the Briscoes were popular too. There was a whole section of hometown people for the Briscoes, which uh, after the show, the Briscoes came out and met all of them and took pictures in the parking lot, which is really nice of them. So uh, that will be a match I recommend you to check out, Damon, the Briscoes against the Young Bucks because that was uh, just really excellent and yeah. in the main event we had uh, Dalton Castle defeating Cody and Marty Skull in a three way match for the ROH World Championship uh, Dalton Castle was just ridiculously banged up in this match he's got a, a torn hamstring in his left leg which had been visibly taped up for some time uh, stress fracture in his lower back uh, which uh, he explained to Ian Riccoboni healed in such a way that it forces L4 and L5 vertebrae to shift causing nerve damage mm. a displaced hip neck issues broken finger in his right hand and a broken right hand so obviously he, he couldn't work to his usual high standard as uh, so it meant that Marty Skull was pretty much holding this together he did a really great job he was a star of this match um, Ryan added that uh, so many false finishes to the match that I was losing track uh, we were all a little tired so the false finishes were more confusing uh, I don't know why Nick Aldis broke up that pin uh, I guess he wanted Cody to win so he could wrestle it all in but then Cody attacked him so uh, he didn't get it 
Uh, Mighty Skull got a huge pot for hitting Castle with the belt. Everyone thought he was going to win the match at that point. Uh, but, uh, of course, it turns out Jay Lethal won the belt in an ROH uh, World Title 4 corner survival match. Uh, he defeated Dawn Castle, Cody and Matt Taven at the Fairfax Excellence TV tapings uh, in Virginia. It's just outside of Washington. The day after as a, an Honor Club exclusive. So, uh, Ryan said, all in all, it's a great experience. Uh, most of it was uh, watching his friend and his girlfriend see a live show for the first time. And um, then we're in love the entire time, which made my night. We had a great time and are excited for ROH to come back in October. So thank you very much, Ryan, for uh, the input there. So yeah, uh, absolutely. ROH best in the world. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, just a, just a quick thing. Um, one, again, Young Bucks, wrestlers of the year. I mean, <laughs> I know we were we were talking about that a few, few uh, shows ago. I'm still on that bandwagon, man. I, Me too, I, man. Me too. I, I, I mean, I know they're going to win Tag Team of the Year. That that that's that I think everyone you know a, a runaway um, once again, and I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad pick, man. If people put them down for wrestler of the year, I mean, what did I hear that? What are those little stupid figure things? Those what are they? Fun Funko Pop- pops. Yeah, uh, the top seller at, at Hot Topic, like of all their pro- products. I mean, finally, my Chemical Romance T-shirts get get booted for the number one position at Hot Topic. And now it's uh, uh, Young Bucks merchandise. What a world we live in. Um, I want Joel is... and Damon Funko Pops next. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be great? I mean, wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, I, I think that would be a top seller as well. Probably not. But uh, hey, look, I would buy one I, for sure. For sure. But uh, that and, and again, if here's the thing. It feels like we've seen that match a thousand times before, right? Bucks and Briscoes. It feels like, I mean, the, the, for years we've been watching that. But um, always good, always deliver. Briscoes always work hard, always work hard. Um, when they were holding the tag straps, um, again, they, they may not have gotten the best reactions, but they always worked hard, and we always said that on the show. So um, good. I'm glad, I'm glad the feedback was good. Strong report uh, there. And, uh, yeah, we need more of that from people. Uh those reports are maybe on shows from a live perspective. It's always good to hear. Good stuff. Okay, so next up on the docket, we got uh, the CEO NJPW When Worlds Collide show. Um, mm. Question off the top here from Luis Uriel Velasquez at Swordfish 0830. The release date for Fire Pro Wrestling World was revealed at CEO. Uh, have you guys watched the trailer for the PS4 game? And will Damon get the platinum trophy for the game? Okay, number one, I had did see that that's the one where Kevin Kelly did the voiceover, right? Right. Okay, I did see that. That was good, all right? That was fun. Uh, I thought they, that everybody did a good job there with Kota Ibushi making the hot tag. Yeah, but I did see that. Um, listen, I have I have Fire Pro Wrestling on... I bought a laptop specifically, specifically for Fire Pro Wrestling, right? I, 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 that was the only reason I got this thing that's right in front of me that I'm using Skype on right now. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, of the game. Again, I, I, everybody knows how I play. I, I, I don't even play it. I, I sim everything out. Um, I just love watching the matches. And, and the people are so fucking creative and talented who make the re- downloadable wrestlers and the rings. And uh, there's people that make the, 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 the Tron videos. And you can put in, you know, you can put in their uh, actual theme music. And just great creative. Again, Fire Pro, what was it? Fire Pro Arena is the place that I go and, and just learn about all these different mods that you can do. And so I have it. Will I get the PS4 version, the pipe? What I sound like I was from you know, Gainesville, Georgia there. <laughs> um, 
Am I going to get the PS4 version? No, I don't have a PS4. Um, so that that answers that question. But I already have. Uh, I'm, I'm already purchased Fire Pro Wrestling. It's one of my favorite games. As a matter of fact, I did uh, a I did a Royal Rumble um, this today. A uh, 30 man Royal Rumble, which is awesome because you could set it in these mods. There's this guy. I think his name is Carl Zilla. Is the guy, and he's so fucking talented. He just makes all these different things in the game and like he plays with the code to allow you to do things so it's like a match modification where you actually have a royal rumble so every you know 30 seconds or minute or whatever a new guy comes in and you can set it to be completely random so it's cool to be like oh my god i wonder who is coming out next and oh my god it's fucking lex luger oh my god it's fucking masahiro chono oh my god it's fucking kotobushi um, and you know, you hear the music hit and it's just fucking great. I don't know why just small pleasures in life. So I am a fan. I have it. That's that. Do you have it, Joel? Are you into this? I don't have it, but I've got a PS4, so I will be getting the, hopefully the special NJPW edition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have, um, I mean, it's, everything's licensed with them. So, um, they, they, they probably did a real good job with that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine it being terrible. I don't know if it's going to have all the customization, stuff that you can do on a PC. That's my only kind of like, oh, I don't know if I would want that over the PC version. Because again, it's, it's the customization of the game that makes it so so incredibly great. Um, and, and one of my favorite things to do just to kill time. So uh, gun to my head, I would say, look, the PC version is really fucking great. But if you've got a PS4, it is a must purchase, a must purchase. Okay, so uh, let's get into the show itself here. There were obviously a lot of production issues. Uh, floor seats were not numbered. There were sound problems. They didn't mic the crowds. You couldn't really hear the theme music. The ring was incredibly squeaky. The, the color balances were off. And just the, the opening of the show, we got 40 minutes uh, of the screen saying uh, the show will start soon. Then we got a 10-minute countdown. Uh, then we got the two dark matches. Then another 10-minute countdown. Then uh, an intro video that had no sounds. Then Twilight and the New Japan theme. And then a five-minute countdown <laughs> clock. So uh, a lot of problems here, even before the show got started. Um, at Travis Zick says, gentlemen, was the CEO show really necessary? Did not enjoy it at all. Just your, that your, your thoughts, Damon. Yeah, I did not. I, I, I feel exactly the same way. I, I, I kind of felt like this was not a New Japan show, right? This was not, you know, what w- the standard of what a New Japan pro wrestling sh- live event is. This this was not it. This was, it felt like it, it felt like an independent, like, and, and I say an independent pro wrestling show, like, I'm, I mean, like, a low-level independent wrestling show. Like, it just it did not feel like it was uh, – it didn't feel genuine. It, it didn't feel like it was a part of the – like, you know, if you're the type of person who, who is going to, you know, start at Wrestle Kingdom and work their way down G1 and all the way through the calendar year, I wouldn't even put that – like, if I had a folder full with all those shows – I'm not even putting that in in that in the mix. One, I, I to me, there really wasn't anything of any significance, um, and and anything that like if you miss this show, I really don't feel like you missed a whole hell of a lot. Two, I thought the show was okay at best, mm, okay at best. Um, and again, those production issues that that was that was a that was a struggle. Um, a half empty arena didn't help either. Um, it just, that, that was not for me. And it felt like, 
you know, people throw around and joke around with you know how Ring of Honor and, and Bullet Club, you know, it's a, it's a Bullet Club vanity project. Like this was a a vanity project. It felt like it felt like this was I I want to do this. I like video games, so I want to have a pro wrestling show here. Um, and that's cool. And if and if you have the stroke to do that, great. Um, listen, if I had that kind of stroke, I you know we'd have a pro wrestling show at an Oasis show, right? <laughs> so. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's uh, step it up a notch. I'm going to jump in with another question there. Uh, Estevan at Lobo Hotel says, with only 2,000 tickets originally sold a few days before CEO, would you call the event a total disaster? It's no. obvious that CEO and Omega prepared the arena, plus there were numerous logistical issues. Was this show a failed attempt to stroke Kenny Omega's ego? I don't think, no, because I think he was happy with it, you know, and I think he got to do what he wanted to do. Um, but, but lest anyone think that it was any more than that, uh, they'd be mistaken. That's that's what this was, and um, you know, if I'm New Japan, I, I got to think, okay, it, this it, this was what it was. Like because there were there were there was apparently low ticket sales, and it wasn't. I think that's really secondary. I think he just wanted to do a show, um, and he couldn't. You know, he wasn't going to run it under Kenny Omega Productions. You know, he was going to run it under the New Japan banner and. New Japan gave them the okay, and they might have done it begrudgingly. Who knows? Or they might have been just like, "Yeah, fuck it, I don't care, whatever. We're we're off, and everybody's going to England anyway. So why don't you take a couple guys?" Um, it was not a show that, like, I, I'll be truthful. I I if you said to me, if we were going over notes before we hit record and said, "I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't even think we should talk about this fucking show because it was," I would be like, "Yep, no problem." I got no problem with that because it just did not feel like a New Japan show to me. It it it, it and that is really the biggest finger wag I can give to it. It it just did not feel like a New Japan show to me. Yeah, and uh, plenty other issues to go along with it. On, on the topic of these dark matches, uh, it's time to debut a new segment on the show. Kenny's done a thing. Thank you again to Andrew Rich for providing that one. Uh, so, Kenny's done a thing. And, and the thing he's done this week is uh, created some controversy over this dark match, which was between Aaron Epic and Chase and Ranch. Now, Aaron Epic himself has been uh, accused of domestic abuse. Uh, Chase and Ranch is a, uh, Rance is a registered sex offender. He's charged with lewd or lascivious battery, which is a secondary felony because he lured a person under the age of 16 from California so he could drink and smoke weed and have sex with her. Uh, if you Google him, the sex offender thing is the second result. And uh, for what it's worth, this is a guy who had 66 bookings last year. He's got merchandise at Pro Wrestling Tees. He runs a wrestling school. And Kenny was asked about this. Uh, he was quite defensive at first. Then he gave a bit of a half-hearted apology. He said he'd only ever met him once before in 2004. And then later came out with a proper apology. But then a picture emerged of Kenny with Rance at CEO in 2016 with the, the founder, I think it was Jabaley, thanking Omega for introducing him to Rance. So it turned out that the, the school Omega said he'd given free reign to was actually the, the school that was owned by Rance. So uh, Kenny said he didn't introduce Rance to Jabaley when Jabaley's comments said otherwise. So, uh, Damon, what do you make of this mess? <sighs> what a mess, right? Um, look, uh, do you think Kenny Omega remembers every fucking hand he's ever shook? You know what I mean? Like, he, he might... When he respond, and again, I'm not defending. I guess I am defending to a certain degree of the of the sense of I I don't I can meet somebody 
you know, three days ago and be like, I, I just did it on the show. I was like, oh, what the fuck was that guy's name at Rev Pro? And I should probably know his name and I should probably know people. It, you just, you know, things like that happen. And he may have just forgotten that, oh, yeah, I did take a fucking picture with him. But I, you know, it was just like that and the million other pictures I've probably taken since that time. Number one. Number two, they're not doing background checks, right? It, it, again, especially on, you know, pro wrestling shows. I've listen. I've had jobs where I know I didn't get a background check. Um, I know that uh, I, I, you know, I have friends that, that have had jobs in the past where, you know, they they there were no background checks. Um, my wife is in HR, and I even asked her. I was like, so. Can I ask you a question? Like, what is the, the 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 procedure for a background check? How much do they cost when you do employee? Check? And she's like, "Well, you know, where we live, blah blah blah. So, you know, right around eighty bucks or blah blah blah." And I was like, do you, "Does your company do background checks?" And she goes, and she kind of looked at me like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know." Um, so, I, I mean, I don't even know if they do or they don't. Um, so, at a pro wrestling show, I guarantee you, they're not investing any money in background checks. I, I guarantee you. I mean, WWE, sure, I'm sure they do a background check. Um, they're not doing many background checks in pro wrestling. Now, on the flip side, on the flip side, so let's let's do point-counterpoint here. Um, because, again, I don't necessarily believe it's all has to be completely at a 10. It doesn't all have to be completely at a 1. I'm perfectly fine finding a 6 somewhere in here of, of really the circumstances of what happened. Um, if, if you're telling me it's the second result, and again, it's it's it, it seemed to be pretty common knowledge for this guy, right? That that uh, of his past and and what he was not just you know accused of. He's he's a he's a registered sex offender, so he had to be proven guilty for to that for that to happen. Correct? I'm I'm assuming so, right? Yes. Okay. How? Now let me ask you this: Do we know how long ago this was? Was this, this wasn't like two weekends ago, was it? Now was it? Uh, I'd have to check. Let me get back to you. Okay, and again, I'm not. That doesn't mean it's any right that it was five years ago or eight years ago or three months ago, right? But again, it, to a certain degree, I am under under the, the the feeling that if the guy did whatever was asked of him to serve for his terrible judgment and and breaking of the law, um, you know, if, if that's the case, then. I don't know if if I'm a big fan of you will you'll never work again. Never 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 you'll never work again. Again, there is there is something to 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 say about someone not necessarily getting a second chance. I'm not I'm more of hey, I I I paid my time for the crime that I did. I've rehabilitated myself and maybe I'm a better person after this is all said and done. Maybe. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive and maybe whatever. It was 2008, um, by the way. Okay, so two, so again, ten years ago, right? According to my math, <laughs> um, again, I don't know what happened in those ten years after, and what what he's done to 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 you know pay for his crimes, um, and you know what he's done to make himself a better person. I, I I don't I can't answer that. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't think Kenny Omega is doing a background check for a dark match first match. Now again, I understand that people are like, well, listen, listen, that's his responsibility, and if that's his show, he can't have. I see their point. I, I do see their point. Um, but I guarantee you that with everything that was going on that week, uh, you know, you sometimes you kind of just trust that things are 
on the up and up, uh, for, for lack of a better term. Here's the thing. I guarantee, I guarantee you, it's not like he intentionally put a guy on the show that he knew was going to be a problem. The last thing Kenny Omega wants to do after this show is all said and done is to sit there and and take punches from the internet community. You know what I mean? That's a, like that is the last thing he wants to do. And when when that was all said and done, he was getting blasted on the internet, and he's checking his mentions. Right? I'm sure he's like, "What the fuck? I can't believe this." And I'm sure the next thing was. Was it race? What is the guy's name? Uh, you know, um, you know what the fuck is this? You know, I'm sure that was the next conversation. Um, look, it was a, it was a. I, I find it difficult to believe that he knew. I really do. Um, I I just don't think he has that type of relationship with the guy to even like kind of know what. You know, I just think he. It, they, he got the ring. It, it was set up. He he needed a spot to be filled. He gave them. He was like, yeah, sure. You know, dark match, great. Get in and get out seven minutes. Get in, you know, don't fucking mess anything up and, you know, whatever. I'm sure that's really what it was. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, now, you know. Now, uh, well, listen, the, the, what, here's what it does. It, it, it teaches everybody a lesson. You got you to gotta do a little bit of research on everybody who walks through those ropes. Got to. You know, uh, because if not, you know, you're going to get blindsided by some shit like this. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that. Um, I mean, people accusing him of, uh, quote unquote, lying. I mean, obviously, the things that he said turned out to be false. So, yeah, he he did technically lie. But I don't know if this is just him misremembering or if this is him uh, basically scrambling and and bending the truth to try and cover his own back. Um, But, yeah, like you, I I don't feel the need to defend him. He's he's a big boy. He can (laughs) look after himself. But, uh, yeah, I think in future background checks uh, are going to be a thing. Yeah. I think so too, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, again, you don't. Re- I, I don't remember everyone I meet. I don't. I don't. I can't imagine how many people that cross his path on a daily basis. You know, he's supposed to remember something from two thousand what twelve, thirteen. I I I can't imagine him like being like. I don't even remember this fucking picture being taken. To be honest with you. And also, um, like you, I, I cannot believe that he knew about it and just no. decided to book him anyway because that would be madness. If I knew about it, I certainly wouldn't be booking him on a show. You know, yeah, it's if a dark match. Aside the issue of uh, you know criminal social rehabilitation, which is not our remit on the Super J cast, um, if I knew, I wouldn't book him. Yeah, not for a dark match. It's not worth it, right? For a fucking first, like a, like for a meaningless, absolutely meaningless match like that. Like you know, again. Let's uh, let's just uh, this is completely making up. Please, I need I need I need Andrew Rich to make up a jingle for this is a completely made up Damon scenario <laughs> because this is what this is right now. But let's just say, for whatever sake, that Hiroshi Tanahashi's on a show and it comes out that he did something heinous, right? Um, you know that would be a big issue having him on the show if he's in the main event or something like. Like it's like for him to be like to be like oh you did this okay well I'm still gonna put you on in the do-. like he's just not worth it because he knows the backlash that would occur it's just not gonna fucking happen I, I just can't imagine him being that dumb to, to do that I can't imagine anyone being that dumb if if he knew he would not have been on the show I really truly believe that 
All right. Well, there were some good things about this show. Um, our uh, listener, Nicole Rido, did uh, mention the love letter to DDT here in the, the other dark match with Michael Nakazawa putting on a DDT light match wearing a DDT t-shirt. So that was quite fun. Um, I thought the commentary was really good from, um, I, I, mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Ringe, Golden Boy and Logan Sammer, uh, the British guy Logan. I thought uh, he was really good. I enjoyed him a lot, you know, calling the audience weebs. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, did you, Any thoughts on the commentary? Um, I think some of the stuff kind of went over my head. Like, uh, you know, just some of the, you know, some of those type of comments. Like, I don't know what the fuck a weeb, what's a weeb? Uh, it's uh, a Westerner who's obsessed with uh, Japanese culture. Oh shit! Is that us? Are we? we are we? Are we weebs? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. no, I, I, I don't know. Are we weebs? You let us know. Let I don't know us. if I'm. I don't know if I'm obsessed with Japanese culture. I don't. I don't. I, I appreciate it. I. I'm. I don't know if obsessed is like I don't have a fucking. Uh, what do they call those? Dude, let me ask you this. Being that we're, we're we're dipping our toes in this shit. So I go on Steam, right? And I look for sales and shit, right? They got their big sale going on right now, right? And you got to recommend me a game. Can can listeners recommend me a game like in the next 24 hours because the, the, the fucking sale goes done? But what are these games where you have like these girlfriends, but they seem to all be in Japanese? Like you have these phony girlfriends? Oh, like, like the dating out- simulators. Is that what that is? Like I, I guess so, yeah. I I mean, I assume that's weird. with people who don't have an actual uh, <laughs> a real life girlfriend or wife uh, and all that entailing shit to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's the last game I want to purchase. <laughs> I need that like a you know, fucking home head. Um, and I'll tell you, a, sorry, a scenario that's not coming up in these simulators is uh, you want to record a three hour podcast about Japanese wrestling, but your <laughs> wife is in the room and and doesn't want to listen to this shit. What do you do? <laughs> Right, right. Here's a scenario. It's July 4th, and you just want to sit in the house and play video games, but you, your wife comes in and says, can we go out to dinner? And you don't want to leave the fucking house because you just hate people. Simulate that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw these games, and I was just like, well, these are really weird. And you would look at the trailer, and it was like, I don't know, just weird stuff. I, don't, I, don't know. I just didn't know if you were familiar with those games. Is that a weeb thing? I don't know. All right, um, what else we got on this show? What else do we want to talk about with this show? All right, so we had uh, Jushin Thunder Liger beat Rocky Romero. Oh, it was fine, fun little match. It was like a sort of best of Super Junior style match. Um, although I am trying to savor seeing Liger in singles matches because I think it's only a matter of time before he, he does hang up his boots. So every time we get to do see him in a match like this, I, I try to enjoy it. And I think also, also forget that Rocky Romero is a, a really good wrestler. He, he had a, a very good uh, run with Rapongi Vice not too recently uh so um this was fine it was a little well laid out simple match nice nice little story there um yeah, i agree yeah uh we, we had god beat juice robinson and david finley uh i quite enjoyed seeing god in a straight tag match because uh it's been a while i think they're underrated they got a lot of uh hatred uh over the last couple of years i think it's unwarranted i think they're decent um They've been lost in the shuffle somewhat, so they've got something to prove. They have some nice smooth moments where they linked up crisply. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this match. Um, the match I most enjoyed, actually, on the show was Jeff Cobb, who beat Chase Owens. And I just loved the, the heel work that Chase was doing here because, you know, complaining to the ref about Jeff Cobb pulling his tights, pulling his hair, uh, trying to too-sweet the ref. Uh, because when I saw this match on paper, I thought, well, this is a complete mismatch. Like, how am I supposed to buy Chase Owens' uh being a threat to Jeff Cobb, but they t- ended up doing a really good job of it. Um, and Logan did a superb job on commentary, putting Chase over, um, 
because it you know was a complete mismatch. Um, but telling the story about Jeff Cobb running out of oxygen, uh, I thought Chase was excellent here. He was controlling the match. Um, you know, the heel. Uh, doing all his heelish stuff in a convincing way. So I really like this. I don't know if you are with me on the, the Chase Owens love bandwagon. Yeah. No, I think between him you know, and you mentioned, you know, Adam Page. Uh, I think it's those two guys that are, that are neck and neck for most improved, even though I don't even think it's an improvement. I think it's more of they're allowing these two guys to shine some, you know, some in, in, in you know, more opportunities than, than, than the other. Um, and, and a bigger spotlight. Again, we're talking Page versus uh, versus a Chase. But no, I think both of them are really, you know, finding their groove. Right, finding Chase being a little bit, you know, the swarmier, sneakier, and obviously Page being a little bit more of the the brawl centric, but still uh, having better matches than I than I really remember him having in in Ring of Honor, um, and even his his beginning run in in New Japan. So no, I think they're both doing real good. Yeah. All right, we also had Ryusuke Taguchi and Dragon Lee beat Show and Yo. I really enjoyed this Show and Dragon Lee encounters. That looks like it's going to be one of those very special, long-running feuds. And also, Yo had some very good chemistry with Taguchi in the closing stretch there. Taguchi had his working boots on and put in a really good performance here. I also enjoyed the uh, the, the line from Logan on commentary who said that Taguchi's got a backside like a PlayStation 1 lid. A PlayStation One. See, that's another one. That's another one where I'm like, I don't know what that. What does that mean? Uh, I believe PlayStation One lids are notorious for being very hard and solid and unbreakable. Oh, really? Like, like the actual game console is is hard. Yes. All right. See, I see. Again, that's why. I, I mean, listen. I think they did a good job in the commentary. I mean, I, but I, like I said, I don't. I, let me ask you this: Do you think this show? I feel like this show was meant not meant for New Japan fans. I think this show was meant for, oh, I stumbled across this thing on Twitch. I've heard of Kenny Omega. Uh, I'm going to put on this show. That's really what it felt like to me. It didn't feel like it was meant for a person who's going to stay up at 3 o'clock in the morning and watch fucking G1, right? It was made for, again, uh, I'm watching some schmo stream themselves playing XCOM. And oh, I came across this this pro wrestling show, and again, I've heard of Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club, so I'm just going to check this out. Yeah, I get that feeling as well. But I, uh, again, at the same time, I didn't finish watching it and think, "Oh, that was a complete waste of my time." I wish I hadn't watched it because I thought there were some decent matches on it. It was fun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was a waste of my time, but I like it. Just like I said, I mean, it just. I, I hate to beat the dead horse, but it just didn't feel like it was a New Japan show to me. Sorry. Well, look, for, for context, while I was watching this, I was in a very nice hotel in Pattaya oh. in Thailand uh, on a recliner on the balcony with the sunshine and ocean breeze and, and the sea right outside my window with a nice cold drink. So maybe that somewhat enhanced my enjoyment of it. Yeah, I think so. I'm sitting in my fucking office getting yelled at by clients. So, yeah, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe you had a, bit, a better disposition. <laughs> Main event was good, though. I enjoyed Golden Lovers beating Hiromu and Naito. And it was good to see that they finally managed to rescue Ibushi, who seemed to go missing or miss flights and get stuck at some point there. Nicole Rado suggested having a segment called Where in the World is Kota Ibushi and Does He Need Rescuing? So mm-hmm. that'd be one to look out for. 
Uh, I enjoyed the little shenanigans at the start with Kenny and Hiromu and their belts, with Kenny looking at Hiromu's junior heavyweight belt and saying that it was all small, and I thought that was quite funny. I enjoyed Ibushi when he was about to lock up with Daryl the Cat, and there were some crazy Naito bumps in this match. But what is it? A throwaway show that you say is not for New Japan fans. This guy killed himself. Quite a couple of... A few times there was a... uh, One spot sticks in my mind when they were doing a... It was like an assisted German suplex or something, and he looked like he landed right on his head. And loads of people were worried about him. They thought he was was seriously injured. It's funny because... Yeah, it's funny because of all the guys... Like you would think, night he he would be the guy to take the night off, right? <laughs> you, know? Or, you know, if there's anybody that's going to put it, you know, downshift it, it's going to be him, right? Um, yeah, those those bumps were were scary, scary. Uh, yeah, count me in as one of those people that were like, he ain't getting up from that shit. And again, I I even think I turned to, to my wife who was sitting on the couch, not paying any attention, um, and I was like, I I think they killed him. <laughs> I was like, I think they just fucking killed him. Uh, on this show of all shows, uh, so yeah, no, I did see that, and yes, absolutely was uh, scary to say the least. Well, let's take our hats off to Naito for some tremendous selling. He's one of the best in the business for selling those kind of bumps because he was fine afterwards. He was out. He was meeting fans, signing autographs, but in the moment, he looked like he was dead. So credit mm. to him for an outstanding job selling those big moves. Either that or he's, or, or he's in Dalton Castle shape working. You know, when you've read, you know, we all know that they get banged up and we all know that they get hurt. And again, tweak, twonk, run, 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 all, all this shit. I, man, when you, I, I'll be truthful. When you rattled off all those injuries and those things are, like, the first thing that goes in my head is how the, how do you sleep at night? And then you, know, you kind of answer your own question of, hmm, yeah, maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a problem. Right, falling asleep. If you don't, if you get what I'm saying, uh, maybe you need a little help with that. Um, man, that's that was just a laundry list of of. of uh, and again, I'm not saying Dalton Castle takes paid medication. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. I'm, listen, this is that that's the road that that goes down. Right, you work with all these injuries. Um, boy, oh boy, yeah, that bump that that that, that couldn't have been a good night's sleep for him that night. Now, and then he gets on an airplane, and. You know, God bless them, man. These these people are unbelievable. Also, right, the finishing sequence for this match where Ibushi and Omega did the... Oh, what do they call it? The double knee. What's the oh, name for that? Uh, the, the double V-triggery thing. The... Um... Yeah, I know what you. I, uh, listen, I I'm the golden worst trigger. Remember. Golden trigger. Is it the golden, it's trigger? the golden trigger? Okay. And um, then they both pin him. That's not allowed. You can't have double pins in a tag match. Thank you. Thank you. Right? I mean, where are the rules? Can we have some semblance of order here? <sighs> I agree. I said the same thing to myself, Joel. Uh, funny that you, you mentioned that. I, you, you, how could you have two people pin one person? That is illegal in, in the world of professional wrestling. Somebody called Jack Tunney. All right, and on that bombshell, let's fly across the pond over to the Strong Style Evolved UK shows. Uh, full disclosure here, uh, neither of us have seen Night 2 due to mm. scheduling issues, but we've got plenty of feedback from our wonderful listeners. A lot of you went to these matches. So it was just very surreal for me as a Brit seeing things like El Desperado Instagramming a picture of him having a bagel and a yogurt in a Marks and Spencer's in a service station in Milton Keynes. And pictures like 
Kazuchika Okada in Morrison's supermarket looking at the meal deal section where he's going to get himself a sandwich and a bag of crisps and a Coke for three ninety five or whatever it is. Uh, so that was kind of fun for me as a, an Englishman seeing these superstars who I usually see in the Japanese context in the totally mundane everyday setting of British supermarkets and all the crap food that we have to eat over there. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know when they come to Philly and all, when they're you know they're hitting the streets that you know and the and the landmarks and it's like ah it, that is kind of cool. But yeah, the, the mundaneness that's a, that's, a, that's a great description. Um, just going to the market and buying a fucking meal deal is pretty good. I did see one where they all went to Nando's, right? Um, they all took our little boys out there, and uh, I did see that. Have you had Nando's before? Have we had this conversation before? Yes, yes, I did uh, once. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. It was good. I had it in um. When we went to Bath, um, we did a day trip to there, and we saw the baths, uh, the Roman baths there. Um, I really and, like Bath. Did, did you have a good time there? Yeah, I did. And as a matter of fact, there um, I saw uh, one of my favorite bands, the Jesus Mary Chain there. Um, so they – yeah, it was a good day. It was They had this whole big uh, – a lot of shopping to be had there, a lot of shopping to be had, and uh, we had a good time. A, lot, a couple uh, – pubs that we uh, drank a bunch and uh, yeah, spent the whole day there. it was fun it was a good place I really liked it a lot I saw this uh, story coming up that some naughty fans were giving the Japanese wrestlers old five pound banknotes which are no longer legal tender um, and Osprey was suggesting that they were doing that on purpose because they knew the Japanese wrestlers wouldn't know that those notes are out of circulation which is a bit that's of a shit. good thing to do yeah that's, that's, that's a shit fucking move man Come on, you people are better than that, right? I mean, uh, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, what? So now you you kind of like the, the those banknotes are now like more Australia type, right? Because I have, I'm I'm the guy that has I keep five pounds in my wallet all the time because my theory is as I got to come back because I got to spend this and I always get a drink, I always get a, a pint with that. Like that's my that's my first drink when I when I when I arrive. Um, and then I always keep five to say, okay, I've got to make sure I come back. And I do that everywhere I go. So in my wallet, I have Australian money and I have um, yen, I five yen, uh, 500 yen. Um, I made that mistake again, Joel. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, my, my currency converting is off. Uh, and then I have a pound, uh, five pounds. Um, you know, I mean, that, I mean, I'm going to be honest. That is just a shit bag fucking thing to do. Because here's the thing, they know. It's not like they made a mistake. They know they can't get rid of this thing. And it's like... Well, you uh, can. If you take them into the bank, you can get them exchanged. But it's a, a pain in the ass to do it. But here's the thing, too, though. Here's another question. Like, usually at these venues, right? And I know it usually works this way at the 2300 when New Japan guys come over and, and we do the autographs or the pictures or whatever, right? Um, so you have to go to this this one line. So everybody's funneled into one line, Right. And you have to buy tickets, like little tickets. Um, and they're, you know, whatever, 20 bucks each. So you say, all right, I want 10 tickets. All right, 200 bucks, boop, whatever, right? Um, and you get a handful of tickets, and you give the tickets to the wrestlers. So then at, when it's all said and done, they hand over their tickets, I guess, and then they get whatever money they get for whatever. Um, so you don't actually physically give them cash. Um, to avoid shitty situations like that, because you can't expect fucking Bushi to be like, oh, uh, you know, I know this is not a good note. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what they just want to make a fucking living. You know what I mean? They just want to get a, you know, 
Um, so yeah, that was a dirty, dirty, dirty fucking deed. That was a dirty deed done dirt cheap, as they say. And speaking um, of making a living, did you see this? Uh, the, the video thief Will Osprey, who was charging people oh. uh, a tenner to get chopped. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I am not that guy. There's no fucking way I'm getting chopped from any. I got well, you know, I say that. Uh, so again, London Joel and 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 uh, Canning, who uh, does some pro wrestling for himself, right? Uh, he came over right after I got back from Tokyo. He came to Philly and was doing some training at Shikara, um, which is there in, in Philly. And anyway, long and short of it, we went to get some drinks and meet up. And I don't even know how it came about. But again, you get a couple pints and you get little fucking ballsy. And he chopped. And I agreed to it. I took it. Like I said something. I, I lost a – I don't know. Something happened. But I wound up taking a fucking chop from him. I kid you not, the next day – I was at fucking urgent care. <laughs> I had to go to fucking hospital because he chopped me so hard. It was hurting so bad. I couldn't fucking breathe, dude. Um, yeah, he chopped me like no one. And like, and no, no offense, but if 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 he's chopping me and it hurt that bad, I can't fucking imagine a, like a, like a Nagata chopping you, or dare I say, a Walter chopping you. Uh, or a Will Osprey, ten bucks now. You're not shopping me. No, no, no. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, I would pass on that. Uh, I really enjoyed getting the feedback from all the listeners who were there, and I like the little stories they sent me from the meet and greet. So I'm going to run through a few of these. Uh, ben said uh, Okada was very friendly to everyone. We managed to get his favorite Pokemon for the two series. Uh, had some chats with Switchblade, uh, Will Osprey, Kevin Kelly, uh, Zack Saber Jr. Uh, ben G was at night two in Manchester and has to say it was the most fun I've had at a live wrestling show. I attended the meet and greet in the afternoon and met Okada, Ishii, Suzuki and Nagata. This was a great experience and yes, Suzuki's hands are very soft. A few notes from this was that Okada and Suzuki had by far the longest lines. Tiger Mask, Nagata, Gado, Yoshihashi and surprisingly Ishii had short lines. Sean, uh, listener, said he went with his girlfriend Anna, the first thing like this they've ever been to. Everyone was really awesome. There was a little boy of about five years old who went up to see Tiger Mask with his parents. Tiger Mask knelt down to speak to him, said hello, picked him up for a photograph and was just an absolute gem with this kid, despite the fact that the kid was paralysed with fear. Tiger Mask even took it in good humour when the kid refused to high-five him and scurried away as his parents apologised. Then we rushed over to see Suzuki, one of the two signed autograph things that we bought. He was really nice and had a photo with Anna. Despite the fact they didn't speak the same language, she managed to communicate she's a big fan of his sock game and showed him her Studio Ghibli. Uh, in return, he revealed his amazing green and purple Cthulhu socks. What a hero. I went to see Okada next and somehow he managed to make me feel both cripplingly starstruck and wonderfully comfortable at the same time. He seemed genuinely happy to be meeting people and though I didn't get a chance to ask him about his long boys, we did have a natural laugh at my practice attempts at his pose. Probably the best was talking to Zack Sabre Jr. though. We went over and looked at his orienteering with Napalm Death t-shirt and started talking about the Stuart Lee bit that it's based on. He then told us that the name of his move got back to Stuart Lee via his manager and Zack Sabre Jr. was invited to one of his recordings on the South Bank in London. He said it was really surreal to explain to Stuart Lee about the name of the move. Uh, he's also named another move Hypernormalization after the excellent Adam Curtis documentary on the BBC. 
as Stuart Lee is a friend. Uh, apparently, Adam Curtis loves that. I joke that he should name a move after Jeremy Corbyn and maybe you'll let uh, Zack Sabre Jr. into the Shadow Cabinet. He said the position he'd want is Shadow Minister for Wrestling and Spandex. Honestly, felt like we could have talked to him all night. He was so enthusiastic and engaging. Sadly, I noticed there was a queue for people who'd actually pay to see him, so we said our goodbyes and left. I miss him already. We also spoke to Ishimori, Jay White, Will Ospreay and David Starr, who were nice too. Uh, at sent on Nathan in a separate story Taichi is a surprisingly nice person he was getting a booth set up with Kanemaru and Desperado at the interview so I thought I'd say hello given I was walking that way and he held a pretty good conversation for a couple of minutes I was genuinely interested where people travelled from if they were enjoying it and what I could see when I was back in my seat in the balcony it wasn't just me that had a positive experience with Taichi as he was laughing and joking with plenty of people uh, Aaron Hobart at uh, Zen Franciscan um, behind the scenes absolutely for real stories that aren't false uh, oh yeah so this is someone who um <laughs> he wasn't at the shows but uh, wanted to make up some uh, amusing stories to pretend that he was so th- these definitely real stories that aren't made up uh so uh, aaron was a okay. ceo suzuki was backstage uh, despite being in the uk at the time um he was giving back massage with those soft hands of his they were amazing whilst playing yars revenge uh, rocky mm-hmm. and chase were eating each other's burgers uh, which was sort of sweet and gross at the same time 3.5 out of 5 yelp reviews sonada actually wears a wig it takes him hours to sit just right backstage on his head uh, evil on the other hand spends his time creating future seasons on sailor moon with a complete action figure set uh, you mm. stand in awe of ishii's kamala cosplay so some definitely uh, true and not made up stories from aaron hobart there great job aaron. yeah that's nice um yeah i'm sure all those could be verified and uh i, I believe every word he says absolutely but it's really cool. I, I love getting those little stories and seeing what the wrestlers are like in real life. So thank you, everyone, who sent those in. Let me ask you this. Have you have you ever done a meet and greet with these guys? Well, uh, Dominion, I bought a Suzuki Goon towel and Suzuki signed it and I shook his hand, but that was it. It wasn't really a, a meet and greet. Okay. They're all always great. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've, I, I truly am really racking my brain trying to think, have we ever had even a remotely... Eh, experience and none of them all of them are gracious and all of them you know all of them are shocked really you know it really feels like like that they're like oh my god why you guys came here and thank you for coming and and you know it's not like here's your money here's your picture next never that you know it's it's always you know they it, even if the lines are massive there's always at least a little bit of cool interaction um that that occurs um I, I, I'll never forget. We used to always go to the Ring of Honor shows in um, in Brooklyn, New York, at the outdoor stadium, the outdoor baseball stadium show. Every summer when they had them, they were great shows. And they were so much fun, and they haven't had them the past two years, but always great. And I just remember one time we would always sit by the third base side because there was no. Oh, here come the fireworks, Joel! Uh, yay, happy Independence! Whoopee! Um, we would always sit by the third base side, and because we hated people, we didn't want to sit next to anybody. <laughs> So we sit away from everybody and drink lots of beer. Uh, and then I just remember our, our good friend Eric. Uh, he just kind of turns around and he's like, you know, right behind us. Eh, there's Nakamura. I'm like, hey. Well, you're... And it's kind of like, eh, let's go get a picture. All right. So, you know, you just get, it's just kind of a weird thing. You know, I was like, eh, let's get Nakamura. Just kind of, eh, all right, let's go over. Uh, and, and again, that, that was always a, a fun night. So, yep, uh, never a bad experience. I'm glad everyone had a great time. Sounds like it. Uh, let's let's talk about night one. We did see that again, just scheduling. We just haven't been able to catch that night two. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, but yep, night one. Let's let, let's get into that one first. 
Well, just off the top, what did you think of Andy Boy Simmons? What did I think of Andy Boy Simmons? The commentator was with. Kevin oh, Kevin. oh, okay, that was oh, yeah, yeah. They're doing almost his little heel thing there. Um, the the problem is, is that I I don't necessarily know too much of some of the backstory stuff um, to get to, to fully get and comprehend exactly you know what he was referring to in some cases. I'm not the biggest fan of heel commentators. And I know it, it makes it a little bit easier for Kevin to play the straight guy and, and, you know, they can play off each other a little bit easier, especially when they haven't worked together before in a long time. So um, uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. I'm not, again, I'm not the biggest fan of heel commentator-ish stuff, but um, I, thought it was, I thought it was good. The only problem that I had, and I don't know if it was just me porting the, 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 the show to my, my TV through my AirPlay, my Apple TV, but um, it's it felt like the the sound volumes were all over the place, like the volumes of the com. Okay, yes, so it wasn't exactly just me. That, that's it. Uh, that I found it unpleasant to listen to because yes. the sound level seemed totally off. Yeah, it really did. Sometimes it was so loud, and my wife was like, "Will you turn that fucking nonsense down?" Um, and then other times, it's like I could barely hear anybody. Um, so. Okay, then then that was everybody. Okay, well then that's something they got to work on. But here's the thing, though. Uh, with that being said, the, the turnaround time was like 24 hours, right? It was really up quick. Um, so, you know, even though we we complain about those sound levels, they got that show up really fast. So uh, I'll, I'll give them a pass on that one. All right, so let's get stuck in then. Uh, night one, uh, Tomiyuki Oka defeated Shota Umino, and Oka was debuting his new Oof. persona, his new gimmick Oof. as the Dominator, the Great Oof. Okan. Oof. I am not. I, I I was looking at that thing, and I tell you, it was, a, it was like a cross between Boris Zukov and Killer Khan. Trust me, go back and watch 1983 WWF Killer Khan matches, and you're seeing the same exact fucking chops and those screeches and the stomps and who boy, I was not. I was again. I'm always late getting on board. I'm I'm the last person on the train usually. I was this one this one was tough to stomach i gotta be honest with you well what is supposed to be the, the gimmick is um uh called jiangshi it's a, a chinese hopping vampire so it's like a reanimated corpse in chinese legends and folklore and they are depicted as a stiff corpse dressed in official garments from the qing dynasty and uh, moves around usually by hopping with its arms outstretched it kills living creatures to absorb their chi or their life force usually at the night uh, while in the day it rests in a coffin or hides in dark places such as caves anyone who's played the video game dark stalkers will be familiar with the character lele um, who is a, a jiangshi so i've been wondering for a while when Oka was going to go on excursion and it seems like he's going to be doing a few months in the UK when I first saw this I thought what on earth is this this is ridiculous and uh, Callum listener who was there said the gimmick just had silence from the crowd as people were either amazed or maybe they were disappointed that Oka was the surprise person so when I first saw this I thought this is terrible this sucks but then the more I started to see the pictures and I watched it again, and I saw that Oka seemed to be enjoying himself. I like this. I actually like it. Really? I think it's fun. 
who I'm not I'm not I'm not at the fun stage yet. I'm at the, I'm still at the puzzled and bewildered stage. And again, I I promise you just watch some of those Killer Khan Andre the Giant matches or Killer Khan Backlund matches. It it that's what the first thing I thought of was, "Oh my god, he's literally going back in time and channeling 1983 Killer Khan." Uh, it was it was uh, I don't know. I mean, Joel, I got to be honest with you. The last thing I want to see in 2018 is a fucking trapezius hold, uh, and 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 more variations. What was his finisher? The top rope double chop. The top rope. It was a second rope. Oh my bad. From the top. (laughs) My bad. Yeah. Uh, Just whoo wee. Yeah. I I listen. I'm glad that you found the, the joy in it. I'm look, thrilled. Look, let's keep in mind, right, that when uh, Sho and Yo were in Ring of Honor on excursion, they were doing the Tempura Boys gimmick. Yeah. Okada, when he was in TNA, he was doing the, the bodyguard, the Okato thing with Samoa Joe. So this is not uh, the be-all and end-all of Tomiyuki Oka. He's not going to be w- with us for life. But as a Oka, who's a guy who is basically a big anime nerd, this is right up his alley. And I think he actually quite fits the gimmick because he's he's a big geek and he seems to be having fun. It's just, it's silly. It's fun. You know, you don't want every single young lion to go on excursion and come back with some super serious gimmick that is going to propel them to IWGP heavyweight gold within a year. That's that's not what it's for. So I would say uh, take it with a pitch of salt and try and find the funny. All right. Listen, I and I and I think it's a good point that you make there. I think it's a good point. It's a and it, it is a learning excursion. Let's keep that in mind. So again, we're going to work a little bit of a different style. We're going to really work that heel work. Uh, yeah. It's it's. It, let me let let me. Uh, I, I I gotta I gotta let this one absorb because this one was a tough one for me. No, you're not alone there. We we had some feedback. Uh, Minty fourteen said it was very jarring when you first see it, but it does actually seem comfortable in the role. Um, he says that New Japan's vision could well be a replacement for some of the New Japan dads who are likely to disappear over the next few years. Uh, that's where it felt this gimmick fell for Minty fourteen. Um, could well get over in Japan, but there's a nagging feeling there could be so much more to Oka. You also mentioned the star potential of Umino, so you're definitely not alone in having some reservations about the gimmick. And again, maybe I mean this could just stay over there, right? It could just you you might not see this in a in a quote unquote New Japan ring, right? Yeah, this I don't might... think the great Okan is coming back to New Japan. Uh, right. He's not going to be debuting a power struggle or anything to challenge I don't know Naito or something. Right, I would agree. I, I and, and again, that's that's where again one of the problems that I think I have with it is is that right now, and again, it's first match. I know, pump the brakes, but. Um, I don't see the upside, you know what I mean? I don't see where where you could really go with this. That's 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 top notch in my mind uh pro wrestling. But okay, you know, the jury's still out. We'll see. Okay, next match we've got a Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takashi who defeated Aussie Open, Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis. Uh, listener Ben said Ishimori looked hilarious in the ring with Mark Davis, like a large dad carrying around his weirdly muscular toddler. Uh, Andy Q's choice of ring girls made it a real struggle to stay woke. And remember that Yudro's gimmick is highly problematic in this day and age. And at Senton Nathan said, also, despite almost forgetting, Ishimori has soft hands and is surprisingly intimidating for a five foot four person, but a nice guy. 
Um, he had a merch stand set up for himself before the show was just shaking hands with people as most were lining up to get chops from Osprey. So um, what do you think of this match with uh, Ishimori I and Yujiro? I liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, for a second match. Again, that's the sweet spot second match. Um, what do you what do you think of Aussies? The, uh, was it Aussie Open? Uh, I, I like them a lot. I don't know yeah, what it is about them. I, 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 I've, and I've seen them. seems like every sh- kind of like off the beaten path sh- show that uh, I saw when I was over there, they were on. They were on that Osprey, uh, what was it? What was that? Lucha Forever, was it called? Or Lucha something? Uh, but it was had nothing to do with Lucha. It was just the name of the promotion. Um, they were on there, and they were on the, the Rev Pro stuff from the cockpit. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, it, it, what, what was it? What, what, I, I'm terrible with names. Who's the Who's the kid with the uh, the long kind of shaved head? You know the long hair. Not not um not oh god I feel like a dope. Not Mark. Oh, I forget what is, I like him a lot. Was he 19? Kyle, Kyle Fletcher. Ah oh, yes, it's my bad. How can I fucking forget? I stink. Uh, he's like 19, isn't he? That, that's that's saying something right there. Yeah, a lot of upside, definitely. Great potential. Yeah, yeah I like them a lot. Uh, but, but I thought it was a good match. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you you were a big fan of the girls? You like the girls? No, that wasn't me. That was uh, the, oh. our listener writing in for that. All right. All right, listen. I, I just, I, I wonder what that conversation is. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I'm sure the local promotions kind of like, you know, I'm sure they know where to find uh, uh, the young ladies to, to do something like that. They, do you think... Uh, I mean, they might be students too. Who knows? I don't. I don't. I mean, do you think they're students? Maybe they're students. Maybe they're not. Who knows? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, don't I don't care either. Uh, all right, very good. Not bad for a second. Third match, if I'm not mistaken, was the match that I have a lot of opinion on. So, uh, if this is the one I'm thinking of, go right ahead. That was uh, Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, Taichi, and Takashi Izuka defeated the Chaos Team of Jay White, Gato, and Toru Yano. Not that one, but uh, that was a brawl to end. Uh, not I wouldn't say the end all bras, but man, I love it when you watch Isaka go through the the crowd. It's a big difference between going through the Japanese crowd and the British crowd because <laughs> the British crowd didn't seem like they were having any of it. They were just kind of like, oh, fucking it, get out of here, get back in the ring. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get the the shrieks and squeals that you do from the Japanese audience. Yeah, yeah, they 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 probably see worse going down the street in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, they're, 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 no worries on that one. Um, that was a good brawl, though. I did enjoy that. And again, did you notice how Jay White seemed to be leading that faction? Right. I think that's. Yes. I think it's. I don't think that's something that should be uh, just kind of hand waved. And there, there, that was a noticeable thing I saw where Jay White really felt like he was the guy leading the charge for chaos. Yes, uh, we had some comments about Jay White later oh. on. I, I'll touch on those when we get onto his match on night two. But yeah, other people did notice the same thing. Yeah, do you think that's telling? Very much so. I think that's what the story is leading into the A block in G1. It's pretty much Jay White against Okada. That's how I'm seeing it in terms of the the, the little story, the battle for leadership of the Chaos Heel faction. Yeah, watch watch Jay White because that that's that I think that's definitely telling and how he does as a singles competitor, you know. And not to give away any any stories, but Okada's struggling when it comes to singles matches at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing, and I don't think it was uh, something that was just uh, coincidental, especially when it came to that match. And here's the thing, too. I love the fact that when you talk about these matches, and these shows in particular, you know that they 
again, little tiny seeds that are dropped on a show for on a Rev Pro show that are, that are that can absolutely be carried over and used. It's kind of like. I mean, I'm, this maybe this is a bad example because I can't really explain it that well because I don't know too much about it. But it feels to me like it would be like these Star Wars things, right? Where there's these offshoot movies and offshoot stories to be told that center around the main one. But all these different things that kind of happen out, you know, I, I guess the, the only real comic book that I've ever really followed in my entire life, but I really enjoyed was that whole Civil War thing, right? Um, and, you know, there were different little plot things that happened in different you know, different, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but you know what I'm trying to say, right, Joel? Help me out here. I'm, I'm dying here. I'm dying I'm dying in the ocean here. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> you know, so, again, it's just these little tiny other stories that, that are taking place in different promotions and in, and, in, and, in, and in different universes, so to speak, that still hold true in the New Japan universe. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, right, you're making a comparison to, like, the Marvel superhero movie world, right? Yes. Well, yeah, the I comic book in particular. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the comic book is really good, actually. That's the only one I've really ever gotten into. But, okay, you know, the, I haven't the, read whole, them. the whole main one, the whole main idea of civil, the Civil War, uh, again, had all these little other, you know, pieces that kind of answered some questions, you know, in other... Oh, fuck it. I Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> I can't explain it. I do All right, let's move on, move on to the next match. We've got uh, Tiger Mask, who defeated the mm. cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in pro wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana, Davey Wrestling, the 104-minute man, the main event, he's really good at Twitter, the king of taunts, the product, and the undisputed British cruiserweight champion, David Starr. And he's also the man who got nothing in this match, <laughs> right? Joel, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm watching this fucking match. This is the match that I wanted to talk about. I'm watching this match, and it felt like Tiger Mask gave him zero. Like, he didn't take a fucking bump. He took one guardrail thing, and then everything else was either blocked, and and he sold, like, just so, like, he gave him nothing, Nothing. If I'm David Starr, I'm 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 not I'm going in the back and having a word. I mean, he. I felt like again, it wasn't like David Starr got stiffed or anything like that. But I'm watching this match and I, it just felt like Tiger Mask gave him nothing, absolutely fucking nothing. And whatever he gave him, it was a super duper quick recovery and back on offense for Tiger Mask. It really felt that way, man. I don't know if you if you felt that way watching this, but to me, I thought this was a complete fucking railroad job. I thought that was probably by design. I thought it was a very good showcase for the character David Starr, you know, the chicken shit heel kind of thing. Uh, I thought mm. it was, uh, uh, that was the idea to get across the character leading on to the match at night two, which we haven't seen yet, but from what I understand, played into the finish somewhat there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even. Star. Me uh, too. Not just because he's my Jewish brother, but uh, <laughs> I think he's very, very talented and did some excellent character work here, in spite of the fact that he got zero offense in. I just, again, he what little offense it felt like he got in. It felt like Tiger Mask just didn't. Did, uh, and again, I don't want to say it was a, 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 a non-cooperative thing. It wasn't like Brody and Luger in a cage. It was. 
I, I just, I don't know. It was, it was kind of like it felt to me, and I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong. But watching this match, it felt like, all right, I'm going to tell you a story. Want to hear a story? I'm going to give you a story. So you know the how I was involved a little bit in the pro, pro wrestling stuff, right? So me and my best friend at the time, um, you know, my best friend was doing most of the wrestling, and he was Twiggy, and I was Madonna, and we did all that, right? So we wrestled Tito Santana, right? And we're in the back, and we're like, oh, hi, Mr. Santana, you know, paying, do, doing the respectful thing in the locker room, blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, in, in this regard, you know, you, you're kind of looking at the older guy, the veteran guy, the guy who's been there and done that as the direction for the match. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, what, whatever you want to do, what, do you, what, what, what would you want to do? And, and so he came, threw it back to us, like, well, what, what do you guys have in mind? And, and it was kind of like we knew that, okay, we're going to take the bumps and, you know, we're, you know, going to bounce around for 